PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Cuarentas... Cuatrocientos... 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 Hola! Oh, I, I thought the SAP was on. <laughs> that's what, that was that air horn. I turned okay. off the sap. Gotcha. <laughs> if you... Uh, Sometimes Orlando City matches get aired on Univision, yeah. and you got to go there and then turn on the sap to get the English language. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. But then might as well just listen to the Spanish guys. They're it doesn't more, matter. They're way more exciting. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have no idea what they're saying, but they, they're definitely way more into it. I mean, you get the idea. We're yeah. like, oh, I guess he's passing the ball. So he's probably something, describing something, how the ball got passed. Something, 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 go! Go! And then he waits to get to the goal! I feel like that's one guy who does that, like who made that famous, mm-hmm. but then a lot of people just then rip that well, off. Well, yeah, right? it turned into a thing. It yeah. became the thing. That's mm-hmm. what he yell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. And then there's so many other uh, sportscasters that try to have catchphrases that don't go uh, they, baseball, Doesn't football. They try. They yeah. try. But there's nothing mm-hmm. as good as just a solid long goal. Yeah. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Literally the best. Um, welcome to sports sports. Catchphrases with Chris and Drew. This week we're talking best sports catchphrases. Obviously, goal being the the number unattainable one. number one. But what is your number two? Is it? Are you ready to rumble, uh, Michael? Well, what's this? Michael Buffer? Michael Buffer's I mean, patented, literally patented, copyrighted. Well, yeah, because are he, you ready to rumble? Everybody else uses it, so he needs to get paid. He has to get paid. <laughs> it was even used in a video game, Ready to Rumble, where they had to pay for that. Uh, he got paid millions of dollars to appear. Uh, on WCW Nitro mm-hmm. back in the day, just to announce the um, the the main the main events. He's got he's That's got it. the voice. He's got the voice. He's got the swagger. He's got the name recognition. It's all it takes. He was in uh, a little shit. Denzel Washington Russell Crowe movie called Virtuosity yeah. that may or may yeah. not be coming up on the Crispy So Patreon right in a few that. weeks. That's coming up for sure. Yes. <laughs> we did Virtuosity. That movie's wild. Um. So it will be number three then. Back, 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 back. Gone, perhaps. Uh, I think it's uh, Berman, Chris Berman. No, how about... Uh, uh, it for, is out of here. For, for me, it would be a random Englishman saying, it's in the drink. It's in the drink. 
<laughs> oh, that's to be a little sadder. And it's in the drink. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about playing Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods Golf. As long as there's an Englishman who says it's in the drink. What are those guys' names? Uh, Michael St. Rogers. And <laughs> a- Andrew. Uh, don't know who, who that doesn't matter. Andrew Lord Keegan. And it's in the drink. And it's in the drink. <laughs> All right, so here's number three. And it's a drink. Followed by number four. Bye, 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 gone. And following number five. It is out of here. Uh, that's it. That's uh, the end of episode one of Sports Catchphrases with Chris and Drew. We'll tune in next week to see uh, what can not even come close to the unattainable goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can tell, there are really no new movies for us to review this week. <clears throat> we are stalling. <laughs> as much time as we can. Stalling <laughs> for time. No, that's not true. We have plenty to talk about in the second half. Uh, and also debuted this week during a new segment that we'll do in the middle of the show that you don't have to do anything so don't worry about it no. relax I okay. saw you tense up for a second when I said new segment you're like fuck I don't want to do anything no it's fine it's already been done uh, I'm uh, catching up with the friends of the show friends of mine past guests etc etc we're starting this week with a catch up with Steve Etchie nice. it's like a quarantine catch up I'm mm-hmm. just asking people what three things have been getting him through for the last few months just getting him through the terribleness of life uh, so that's in a second that's right in the middle of the show uh, you can expect to hear that. It's about 10 minutes long. I'm going to uh, just talking to different people about 10 minutes each. Expect that. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, lots of news stories for a second. I have actually a decent amount of news stories. So while there were no... there, I mean, there's like a movie that came out on HBO called Unpregnant that I think got decent reviews. It's a comedy about a teenage girl. She's like a 17-year-old girl who has to go... She's in some shitty state and she has to go to a neighboring shitty state to be able to get an abortion uh-huh. that's uh, right. so it's a road trip with like an ex-best friend so like they've had a falling out so obviously they're going to reconnect yeah. over that trip mm-hmm. I think it got good reviews I yeah. just really didn't have too much time to watch a movie this weekend to be honest um, oh, I have plenty of time I just don't want to not really in my wheelhouse yeah it's, again it's, I mean we're not the target audience for it doesn't mean it's not going to be a good, could be a good movie mm-hmm. right or you could appreciate it. Um, but I did have a little bit of time earlier in the week. I found myself, I was like, oh, you know what? Well, maybe I, I can finally do it. I bought this at the end of July. Drew, it was finally time to get down with the two hour and 50 minute director's cut of Midsommar. Oh, and? Yes. Yeah, so well, it was interesting. You know, <laughs> I'd seen the movie. When did it come out in theaters? Last year. Yeah. Middle of last year? Yeah, it was a summer movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah one of those weird... It was, it was Midsummer, Chris. Yeah, it was... Yeah, actually, well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a reason. Marketing. For all, for all of it. <laughs> Marketing. So it's... Oh, oh, pretty much a year later, a year and a month later, I watched a director's cut where it's one of those things where a lot of it is scenes that are extended... Take a little bit before and a little bit after. Yes. Uh, like the car trip through mm-hmm. is literally like another minute or two minutes longer or something mm-hmm. like that. They have an extra conversation in there. But there's so many things where as I even went back later to look at the IMDb, like which scenes were added. Because mm-hmm. when as it was happening, I was like, like that, it feels longer, but it doesn't seem like I've seen anything new. Yes. Or like <laughs> this scene feels, I think the scene is new, but also they're talking about things that I know come up in this movie. No. So it was just a matter of like redundant information. So, uh, you know, it was strange. There is one scene for sure, like a, a you know, I think they're going through the rituals when shit goes crazy, well, people yeah. start dying. Mm-hmm. Um, sacrifice another ritual at night. Ah, that got cut out. That gets cut out. Uh, in which no one dies. Maybe that's why mm. it gets cut out. No one mm. dies. They kind of tease it, and then it doesn't happen. It plays on your expectations in an f- okay. interesting way. It's a really good scene. Mm. I would have been fine with it staying in. Um. Uh, yeah, watching this like I don't know what watching this two hour fifty minute version. I don't know what necessarily I would want to cut because it's still it's very smooth. It goes great. Uh, it it does 
take its time like it did before, but then when he gets to that middle point, starts ramping up and all that. There's really it's strange how I think it's an extra thirty minutes longer, but it feels like the same movie. It still feels the same. It just feels like a little more fleshed out, but it felt the same. And I still I was like enraptured by it. I was really well, really into it. Well, I I mean I guess that's a good thing mm-hmm. because it means that Eric not only can Ari Aster make a good movie, but he but he can realize when it may be a little bloated and maybe trim it down to viewers' expectations. Without it being... Uh, Without like, sacrificing oh, anything. Like, this is missing something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, 100%. You know, good on him. It's really good. It's really good. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I bought it. Uh, looked it up on the online because it is sold out, this limited edition yeah, thing yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Especially these days with, you know, people and their exclusivity with the bullshit. And yeah, exclusivity, bullshit, monsters. Um... Forty-five bucks was the market price. Mm-hmm. Looked it up online. Just see, is are any copies for sale? Oh, guaranteed, probably double, triple the price. Uh, I didn't see any bids or anything, but it was on eBay. I think it was a buy now situation. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I saw some for ninety, and I saw some for one twenty. Mm-hmm. But also the one twenty-one was, um, uh, it's still shrink wrapped. Yeah. Just buy a shrink wrap machine. No, exactly. That's, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shrink wrapping. I mean, people are just testing the market, see what they can get for it. Yes, they are. Yes, here. So let's see, it's out there. But I, I bought it to watch it, and then to put it on the on the shelf mm-hmm. for long stretches of time unwatched. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Will it be a new um, Halloweenish, Octoberish, or maybe a, a late summer movie to like kick that, off? That all depends on how long you can play that piece of physical media for, Chris. Oh yeah, I mean no, physically yeah. No, I'm just saying like <laughs> will be though. Will it be something I revisit again next year? I don't know. We'll see. It's very, very good. It's very good. I would feel actually more likely to revisit that than Hereditary. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just because it is a movie that feels more like uh, you're visiting a place, <laughs> you're going somewhere. Yeah. As opposed to Hereditary, which is like look at this grief. Probably. Um, the opposite of Midsummer Drew is something that I've I've really picked up on uh, the Peacock. Okay. App mm-hmm. doing three free months of Peacock. Did you get get that going? I got that email and then I. Just but then you never did it. I don't care. Um, I looked. It's at, not I, really I, that worth it. I looked at what was available and I was just like, you know what? It's not even worth my time to sign up for this shit and cancel. Yeah. As of right now, it's not worth it. They have a handful of original series that none of them I I think are well reviewed. Have any buzz to them? Like a quibby level of interest in their original shit, mm-hmm. and then uh, their movie catalog. I went through it, like all the movies available. It was like. Nothing that makes oh girl look they have this they have that mm-hmm. not like when I was going through HBO and yeah all, and, and it was the like TCM whoa I haven't channel. seen that <laughs> yeah exactly like oh they have all those Criterion shit this is great um no it doesn't have that so I guess it's for people who like the TV stuff that they do and NBC does have a history of good sitcoms comedy sitcoms so if I you're, mean, yeah, you're looking for if, some if of that stuff if that's what you're into I know the Office will be debuting in 2021 people and will, they're doing extended editions people will lose their mind over that shit yeah people love the Office so they're, they're waiting for that to get the influx of uh, new subscribers I'm sure and then it's also a free app uh, but then there's stuff part of it that's premium since I did the sign up I don't know what's premium yet until I decide to like I'm not continuing this shit yeah. in three months which I won't the they have the live channel aspect which is just replaying whatever ha- played during the day on its own channel without... Do they have commercials? 
they do have commercials. And um, so it's okay if you want to catch up on like news, like right. Lester Holt and shit like that, yeah. or Sky News. You get mm-hmm. the Sky News channel, throw it on there, and then just looping. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can get Sky News on fucking YouTube. Yeah, that's the thing. Cast it's, that it's, shit straight. I mean, so that's the al- thing. almost every single major news outlet now has mm-hmm. a free streaming mm-hmm. news service to watch. Like Newsy or anything like that. All uh, these, uh, n- yeah. Newsy, there's Cheddar. There's, Cheddar, yeah, that's uh, Cheddar's uh, Financial. Uh, what you uh ABC has one. What you call it could be a channel. And NBC has one. <laughs> what you call news? CBS. They all have free streaming channels. Yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, they do. And they're uh, and then a lot of those like free sort of channels that pop up on all like the Pluto and all yeah, that same stuff. It's just it's just a different feed of the same information. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're all on uh, a lot of them are on Peacock also. Yeah. So they have like the People's Awesome Channel, the Animal Collective Channel, yeah. and all that stuff. So, uh, I decided to go ahead and stop for a few times. I watched at least three episodes of... Puppies. Um, Kittens. No. Jungle the, creatures. The Animal Collective channel <laughs> is just like cat videos, but going, just going. Oh, okay. So, it's like, it's like you put it on and it's just like, here's a three-second video. Here's an eight-second video. Here's Oh, this one's 20 seconds. That's practically Ooh. a feature film for yeah. that fucking channel. <clears throat> it's very hyperactive. So, it's like Kaloopy for animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Except the, I don't know, Kloopy may be better. The uh, Joy of Painting channel. Ah, Bob Ross. Yes, it's mm-hmm. the Bob Ross channel, mm-hmm. and it's just his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it on. It works now, today, in 2020, for a number of reasons. A, it's good for the ASMR crowd. Oh, people love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's, yeah, uh-huh. it's just him speaking, and yeah. he has a very calm voice, and he's also keeping it down. So they have to turn the mic up. Yeah, so you hear everything. So you hear everything, every little bit's okay. And then there's no music in the background, so the sounds you're getting are him doing the the padding. Like, yeah, and then a little happy. It's just like, well, ASMR folks have to love this shit. It is also very calming, which we need more of that now. Bob Ross sitting there painting a picture, hanging out with you. Painting a pretty picture. That's all he's doing. He's uh, just speaking, painting a picture. Speaking very uh, uh, positively. You know, like, you can I, do this. This is very easy. I never, <laughs> I never understand how his shit looks so amazing. It's weird. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's so good. And, and he describes how he does it. I, as he does it, he's saying, this is deceptively easy. You can do this. And then when it's over, I'm like, how did he do that? Exactly. Was exactly. that a magic trick? How did he do it? Did they swap out the easel at some point? Is there a jump cut? <laughs> Did they Alfonso Cuarón jump cut this shit and trick me? Because all of a sudden it's just like green smush, green smush, yeah. green smush. Uh, it's a tree. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like, there's leaves on that thing. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden it's like blue smush, white smush, black smush. Two minutes later and it's like, it's a mountain. And here's here's a, here's a wispy cloud with yeah. the moon and some light. And it's yes. just like, how did... Yeah. How, uh, wait a minute. Exactly. I, what? He's like, it takes a little bit of white paint. He's like, yeah, how the light comes in from here? Blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, like a mountain has ridges yeah. and shadows. And, and it looks like he would be there doing it for hours, line no, by and, line. And he's just like, whoop, 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 yeah. It's like it's smush painting. It's smush painting and he's brushing things together. And then he's just like, and then I like when he fucks things up and then he just clearly keeps going. He's like, here's a small rock here. Oh, now it's a big boulder. Okay. <laughs> all right, now it's a big boulder. All right, cool, buddy. Um, it, it's, I think it, what it is is also seeing someone being efficient. And really good at what they yeah. do uh, is satisfying, uh, especially these days when uh, we're seeing so many people be bad at what they do and it's affecting so many people. Oh, you mean like the entire federal government? I mean, just like everything. <laughs> <laughs> so abs- absolutely everything. So to see him be so efficient, it's like, oh, wow. that's that's This guy's really great. Um, so, yeah, I think when it's all said and done, by the time I'm done with Peacock, and at this point, two months from now, uh, 
the Bob Ross stuff would be by far the thing I go back to the most. We're like, let's watch this. Oh, it's over. We'll go back to another one. What else is there going to watch? There's nothing else. I'm about to say, I mean, and if it is part of the premium, you can just watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, Joy Painting? It's not crazy. Yeah, it's everywhere. That shit's everywhere. But uh, I understand why it's still so watchable in 2020. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's just painting happy clouds, dude. <laughs> and he's, trees. He's just a white dude with an afro painting happy clouds. All of a sudden, there's a stream. He started with one that was like 90% black. And he had to explain, this is how we get this thing black to look like this. And he, it was like a, a catch, catch you up. And then only a little portion at the top had like a... a piece of sky I'm like what the hell is he gonna turn this thing into by the end it's like this is an amazing yeah. forest uh-huh. scene yeah. I was like wow <laughs> <laughs> wow this guy is so good with the, with the reflective pond at the bottom that was just like perfectly reflecting like, how do they do I watched him do that how do they do that it's like when Penn and Teller they do a bit with the, the balls and the balls and the yeah. cups mm-hmm. thing um, they do that with with big like softball sized balls yeah. clear plastic cups and, and they do it super slow and they still get you and you're just like where did I go what is those pockets but how are you doing um HBO Max Raised by Wolves mm-hmm. they're up to episode 5 I'm, I don't even know how they did that I'm up to they dropped 2 in a row they did those motherfuckers I'm, I'm, I'm up to number 3 okay um we got a request to do some sort of episode recaps on uh, for the Patreon. Okay. So uh, it's a 10-episode season. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And since I just did episode five, I'm thinking we'll do just two eps, one for the first half of the season and then one for the second half okay. of the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I caught up. I'm all up. Because uh, up uh-huh. when I, yeah, I didn't realize they put it two right away. Well, I, so I when saw I pulled up HBO last night, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I saw they dropped two and I was like, man, I do not have the time for this. Yeah, especially if you're still trying to catch up. That's like five hours of, uh, almost five hours. Of well, I, I've just been heavy on something else. There you so. go. Uh, have you been into it? Say so what? Have you what, Raised by Wolves? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That's yeah, really good. <laughs> I think it's really good. It, it's fucking believers versus non-believers <laughs> in the future. In the future. Like, this is what is going, this is this is an accurate representation of what happens when religion follows you to the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Praise be the soul. That's correct, man. <laughs> that is correct. I'm, I, but I, I am really glad, though, that in, like, what, episode two, yeah. uh, you find out just how corrupt soul, all, like, the whole religion already is. Oh, yeah. Like, within the second episode, it's like, okay, so they are all pieces of shit still. Awesome. Yeah, no matter what. The, <laughs> it's still just some sort of system that's corruptible uh, with people in it. And- uh, exactly. Yeah, but then, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you side with something called a necromancer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hey, just because they <laughs> called it a necromancer, and hell. And now, and just because it was a necromancer and, doesn't mean it. <laughs> and now we've come to find out that it was their weapon anyway. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So fuck those assholes. You, you, get, you, get, you get some good creator stuff uh, in episode, I think it's four. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the yeah. on the on the necromancer. Okay. On this one in particular. Yeah. 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 Cool. It's great. Uh, I like the relationship between mother and father and all that. And mm-hmm. uh, if there's any weakness, obviously it's gonna be with the kids because kid acting is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, that's just the way it is, though. Fucking campion. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this a little more oh, in depth camping, with uh, yeah. with our Patreon. I'm still not convinced. I mean, they kind of in episode one they kind of set him up as like the prophet or whatever. Yeah. And I'm starting. So. To, I'm starting to think it's Paul. Oh the. That makes sense because they're putting a lot of emphasis on him. Emphasis. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm still mm-hmm. waiting to get one of these yeah. giant snakes. Anyway. I mean, yeah. Um. Oh, and Travis Fimmel kicks ass. Who? Travis Fimmel, the guy who plays. Oh, the uh, guy from Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a non-blinking he's weirdo. He is a non-blinking weirdo, but he's fucking intense. It, it makes him intense. It makes him intense. Why would this guy close his eyes? 
He's like, <laughs> so, it's like so it's like looking around weird. I'm like, guy, he's all he's amped up on something. This weirdo. Um, yeah, it's a wild show. Race for wolves. Uh, I haven't. That's all I've been able to watch. I tried to. I've did a little more reading on the Mirage Factory. Uh, getting close to the end of that one. The great book uh, again about the birth of L.A. Uh, but I've just been doing a lot of editing this week. A lot of a lot of work, PFT work. stuff. Work, work, work. Yeah, you know it's annoying. So <laughs> I do. Let's uh, let's get into uh, what you've been getting down with. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm I'm caught up with Lovecraft Country as well. So oh, uh, we had a episode four last yeah, week. Yeah, episode four, the um, the adventure episode where fucking Indiana Jones type shit. The journey to the center of the earth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it is more like Alan Quartermain, hundred uh, percent Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Since they're going more literary, yeah. you have to say quarter million, I know. Right? But it is Indiana Jones. But it is. That's what we think. God damn it. The water is raising Marion. I mean, I mean, I mean, what's your name? I mean, why are you wait, talking like that, wait, Tick? I'm not afraid of snakes. Wait a what's second. going on here? Why did it have to be rats? Uh, why did it have to be not marijuana? Yeah, so Why couldn't know, it have been marijuana? So fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. I'm super enjoying it. Episode five would be tonight. Yes. Interesting how, I guess this is the structure of the book okay i guess it is yeah. i'm taking a guess that each how each episode is sort it's of almost been... like its own installment in the series like uh, yes they, they, they take an idea and, mm-hmm. and they pretty much tell you the name of the book they're going at and, yeah and like within the first 10 minutes and then it's that yeah <laughs> yeah it's like princess of mars and they, they just all, all the way down the line they keep no. here's a book and now we're gonna kind of run from that point but it's still telling the, the overall story. story. Yeah. Uh, he's looking for the pages. They found the pages, right? That's the whole point of episode mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. They found the, the missing pages. Mm-hmm. Now they got to translate them. Uh, but, uh, and Tick's going to claim his rightful place as a son of Adam, but is he, though? I don't know. Padre just uh, sliced homegirl's throat at the end, so... Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what are you doing? No! This, th- that was crazy. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, it's a great show. It is. Really enjoying it. Probably read the book afterwards. Just go ahead and enjoy the show and then I'll read mm-hmm. the book. There's a apparently a nice renaissance in the last couple of years of this kind of um, sort of Lovecraftian horror written by black authors who are using it to explore uh, you know, racial trauma and all that stuff in, in America mm-hmm. and um, so they incorporate all the, the the crazy horror stuff, but then they're trying you know, it's a it's this. It's what the show is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool. There's yeah. a few a few things. It's its own subgenre now. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. All right. What else you got? Uh, well, since we're talking of uh, Mr. Michael K. Williams, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I started, uh, I needed something new to watch because uh, Lovecraft Country is episodic. Yeah. You know, I'm only getting one a week. Yeah. You know, your My Race by Wolves is once a week. You think so? It's like three one week and then two another, but yeah, essentially yeah. it's in, so it's supposed it's to be once installments. A week. We're waiting um, now. So I needed something to watch continuously. Sure, that you can just put on. Yeah, so I started watching The Wire. All right, there we go. How deep you get into The Wire? Uh, I am. I just finished season three, episode nine. And what is it? Four or five seasons? Five seasons, twelve episodes each. Wow, so you're so I'm halfway you're, through. So you're halfway through. All right, so The Wire halfway through. Yeah. And uh, what? So is it okay? <laughs> I mean, I should have watched it a long time ago. I, I would have seen Michael K. Williams before I did. I, yeah. I would have seen My, uh, Michael B. Jordan. I think, right? Yeah, I would have seen Michael B. Jordan. He dies in the uh, end of season one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think at that point he went from that to Friday Night Lights. This is where. Uh, what was the order? Of that? Uh, anyway, Telly from Kids. 
Yes. He he ended up on the wire. Oh, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in there. All- so, so it wasn't just Rosario Dawson nope. and Chloe Zavini. Other, nah. other people actually got out of yes. that. Yes, he got out of that. That movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good, good for him. So he's been on the wire. Okay. Uh, what, uh, remember in Entourage, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the stupid friend who was like way too street? Uh, no. Dominic. Oh, Dom. Yeah, Dom. yeah. The big Italian dude. <laughs> So he came from the wire. He was a det- one of the detectives on the wire. So he went wire to Entourage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's from the wire. Yeah, he's, uh, he's built himself his own little career since then, man. He's uh, I would, hanging in there. Uh, Dom Clark Peters from The Five Bloods. Yes, he um the the big the fatter guy. Oh, uh, he. I, no, I'm I want to say I want to say the, the, the main character, like yeah. the main guy, the older guy, follow. yeah, the older guy, yeah, the, yeah. the, the one who's the most right in the head. Yes. I would say yes. Uh, he's the he, one with the pain pills. Yes, he's from The Wire as okay. well. He, so he plays. Uh, but then isn't the also the other guy in the Five Bloods the bigger guy? I think he's it. Maybe pops up later. Maybe because he is in Cedar Rapids mm-hmm. and he makes a joke in Cedar Rapids about uh, one of his favorite characters from the wire and then he makes like a an impression of him and I think the joke being that he's on the wire and so is anyway okay. so yeah so maybe it comes up later exactly uh, uh, so uh, ba- remember Bosch yeah show Bosch uh, uh, the uh, his uh, his black buddy with the scar yes he's in season three he's one of the main bad guys in season three of the wire nice that guy's a good actor yeah he what is he, he looks him. he plays hard as fuck in the wire I saw him in something just like Michael K. Williams recently um and then also isn't Luke Evans no no Dominic West yeah he, he's the main guy that you follow yeah he, he's Officer McNulty that's his sh- so he's the main character yeah he's the main character he's the one we're following he, he's the through line and, for everything and see I actually know about, more about the cast than I thought I did the um there's reporters on them. There's like a good reporter and a crooked reporter or something. I haven't gotten there yet. Haven't gotten there yet. One of those reporters is Tom McCarthy, who's an actor, but also he's directed The Station Agent and 50-50, Spotlight, uh, also The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. (laughs) No one's perfect. Also The Cobbler. Yeah, you got it. I mean, let's let's just be honest with ourselves, guys. Yeah, I know. It was was awful. Uh, Man, the wire. A whole bunch of people. That's one that I've been like, I need to. Like yeah, I, well, no, exactly. I need to watch that for the first yeah, yeah. time. I want to rewatch Deadwood. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I want to rewatch Sopranos. I want to see of that course, one of course, Idris Elba is one of the main bad guys in The Wire as well. That's right. So uh, that's awesome. Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce. That's his name. From uh, he's he is. That's a guy. Oh, you're right. He wasn't a Five Bloods, wasn't? He? Yeah, he's part of that group. No, no, it wasn't Wendell Pierce. It's not Wendell it was, Pierce. No, it's uh, it's uh, uh, uh. Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Yes, <laughs> he yes. plays. He plays one of the councilmen. Yes, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. And yes. he's the one who's in Grand Rapids. And yes. he's like, and then his joke is, "I do a mean Omar from The Wire." <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Uh, no, Wendell Pierce. Uh, I uh, the only time I've ever seen him, he's on the uh, Jack Ryan, the, the Amazon with. Uh, oh yeah. What's his face? Uh, with the Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doing the same thing. <laughs> Where he's like, I can't run. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, I got a bad yeah, heart or exactly. something like that. He, He's just doing the same guy. Yeah, that's very funny. Uh, Lance Reddick, obviously. That's fantastic. So you know, oh, and this is this is young Lance Reddick, and he is fucking a little more, a little more vital. Uh, well, no, he's just he's shirtless a couple times, and the motherfucker is. Well, remember he was shirtless in that episode of Eric Andre's show where he came out like yeah, uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, uh huh, yeah, yeah, Levar Burton as both. 
Kunta Kinte. And Data. Data, yeah. right? Is that yeah, the character he plays? Like that. Yeah. So he's Kunta Kinte, but then he has the Star Trek eye thing on his head. It was weird. That was. That, that, he was. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, so Lance Reddick is game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Method Man shows up. A whole bunch of people. It's, it's a surprisingly good cast. A uh, stacked cast, yeah. man. Well, uh, for. I mean, you've got the main guys who are going through, and then every you know every season you've got like a new the new case. Yeah. So the new case is where you get you know like uh, Lee Schreiber's little brother, the one who's in all the action movies now. Yeah. He showed up in one season. Oh wow. Uh, other people, so you get you know little bits of and it's um other people. The guy who created is a uh, or was a crime reporter, I think, for Baltimore. That makes sense. Yeah. It is very like not only is. Are you obviously just you know modern policing, mm-hmm. drugs, and this, that, other? But like it's also a show about Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Homicide. Remember Homicide? That exactly. was a, that was Baltimore. Well, like, exactly same yeah. type of shit. Man, so. I loved Homicide. Yeah. They had that crossover at Law and Order, yeah, and did. then that opened up the door for Belzer to be like, "Hey, I can be on that show." <laughs> the Belzer first. It worked. It worked. Munch the Munchverse. <laughs> That, um, that's my MCU, the Munch Connected Universe. The Munch Connected Universe. Well, I mean, you can throw uh, the WWF into that because, uh, I mean, he, he did get knocked out by Hulk Hogan live on television. Yeah, on, his, on the Richard Belzer <laughs> talk show. Uh, Hogan writes about that yeah. in his autobiography. And he's like, apparently he calls it Shay Hogan, his new album <laughs> that he built with the settlement money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, good for Munch. <laughs> but yeah, so The, the Wire. Uh, the only thing I have to say is uh, not only is Baltimore City a like a character in the show, yeah. uh, but so is police corruption and police brutality. Yeah. They are their own characters within the show because They're... they show up in every single episode. <laughs> every episode, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you would, oh man, the, the, the amount of black men... Beat by police in this show is it's it's amazing because it's like wow they're right yeah <laughs> this, no yeah this yeah, is yeah. All accurate. So, it's like so the, also this is what was going on in Baltimore in 2002 now I understand why they're so pissed off now yeah <laughs> I, oh, I get it oh and it's still happening oh okay, oh, okay cool. so yeah so 20 years of this shit okay yeah oh, okay. no I get yeah, it minimum yeah 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 <laughs> oh, that's interesting okay. so yeah especially with you know looking at it through the 2020 lens yeah. like there are lots of very problematic things happening in that sure, show sure sure <laughs> they're just showing you look these symptoms have been here all the time but, see, but yeah no, but, but it's but, due but, to the guys but, but nobody, HBO show the thing the thing was though nobody was looking at it with that lens in 2002 when it was that's made true. that's true in 2002 when it was made it was just a dramatization this is what the cops do this is the way we get shit done yeah. and now it's like oh that was the way you got shit done like, we don't like this <laughs> you guys are the bad guys so yeah okay the Wire, but, but it's that's good. But it's a fantastic show. so yeah. I'm gonna f- fucking finish the whole thing. Okay. Uh, also on uh, Netflix, yes. Uh, inside the episodes: colon, The Witcher. Oh yeah, you talk about this. Uh, was coming out right? Well, no. Uh, or already came out. You hadn't seen it. They had a thing that came out that was like inside the making of The Witcher. Now, right. now they just did like an episode by episode of the same thing. Oh. Uh, but they're only five to seven minutes each. Oh, okay. So there's eight of them. Mm-hmm. It's about a half hour watch, so and you get the whole thing. So five to eight minutes on each episode. Yeah, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Again, that's something that would be like on the DVD. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, but they're like, we don't have DVDs. No. <laughs> so, so now it's part of the quote unquote The Witcher collection. That, that's very cool. That's like on HBO Max. They do have um, an extras section yeah. for some of their movies yeah, and yeah. TV shows. So you go down to the bottom, and sometimes you go down there like, oh look, a director's cut. <laughs> like a, a whole other movie is uh, down here. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so that was fun. 
All right, very cool. Uh, Lovecraft Country, that uh, raised by wolves. Oh, I watched uh, Motherless Brooklyn on HBO Max. I've been meaning to get to that one. It's a little long. It is. I'm gonna have to add it to my list. No matter what you say now, good or bad, I'm. Ex- I'm I already have my expectations. It's fine. Fu- it's fine. It's fine. I knew it was gonna come up on the fine scale. It's fine. I knew it. There's Tourette's. How many eyes? Uh, one to two, depending on how you feel. Oh, one to two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. The Tourette's part of it seems a little written off-putting. and directed by. Mr. Uh, Norton. Norton himself. It's an so, adaptation of a book, I believe. So he he, he, he did some things and went some places, and yeah. I appreciate it for what it is. It is it is a fine detective story. You can understand why it, uh, the theatrical release was kind of muted. Mm-hmm. Didn't I get, get that much marketing. Yep. Yeah. Despite Norton probably being like, uh, Super Bowl commercial. Like, no. Ed, yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Willis. How is he? Is he in a he lot? He's fine. The, yeah, Frank as the uh, as well, MacGuffin he, essentially. He, he's in the beginning because he's the guy who gets killed. The we'll that likes, that gets the yeah, plot yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I mean, it was fine. Just fine. Yeah, it was fine. So I mean, the only thing that was weird is I need to start watching movies to get my hundo. So the problem is, it's a period piece. Yes, and they got the cars. Yeah, and they did some digital work on the facades, mm-hmm. but you can't do digital work on street lights and street signs. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so you've got you're going through 1940s Brooklyn yeah. with 2020s street signs and street lights. You notice really? That's, you, that's dude, funny. why did they change the signs? They're not the same. Why did they swap the signs? <laughs> Man, they're really that strapped on the budget they, they couldn't swap out some signs. Been. It must have been. That's tough. So you just carry around the same sign, you can change out the letters on it. I'm just saying. Use it yeah. for every shot, guys. Yeah. Nope. That was the only thing that bugged me. Yeah, that's annoying because, when that happened. Because it's like, oh, that is a digital LED light in 1940s Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You can't do that. <laughs> it's, um, it's like when you watch these movies that are period pieces. Uh, did this happen where all the clothes look too new? Or did they yes. have everything look worn? No, they look too new. Like everything's like, oh, this is a 1940s jacket that's fresh, fresh off the rack. out of the fucking factory <laughs> somehow. Yeah, everyone, everyone has the freshest clothes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that was annoying. Yes. Okay. And then uh, on Amazon Prime, I watched uh, an anthology called Memories. It's from 1995. It's uh, three sci-fi shorts from Katsuhiro Otomo, the guy who uh, directed Akira. Oh. When is this from? 1995. 95. So already like seven years after Akira. Mm-hmm. Uh, and? Uh, so it's three, three sci-fi stories. One of them is called... Uh, the, the first one is uh, basically the shining, uh, t- take the shining mm-hmm. and Solaris mm-hmm. and throw in space, and it's forty minutes long. Okay, well, I'm in. Yeah, mm-hmm. so th- that was good. Okay. Uh, episode two was uh, think, uh, think Akira. Okay, makes but, sense so far. But kind of humorous, and instead of a giant, instead of a dude turning into a giant monster, he has like. The most toxic, deadly farts in the world. Woo, all right. It's called Stink Bomb. And it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's basically a dick and fart version of Akira for kids. It's oh, so weird. That is weird. It's, but it's action-packed. There's plenty of violence. Yeah. But it's, it, it, it's a dude who stinks so bad that, like, there's a cloud of deadly stink coming to Tokyo, and like literally, the military is trying to stop him, like full on. That's crazy, like military style. Is this? These are all thirty minutes or so. Uh, the whole thing's about the whole thing's one hundred and fifteen minutes. Okay. The, the first two are between a half hour and forty five minutes. Okay. And then the last one is a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. 
And the last one's called City of Cannons, and it's basically just that. It's a, a short story about an entire city of cannons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> everything's cannons. Just everything. Everything's, <laughs> everything's cannons. Everything's cannons. Like, People are firing cannons or cur- currency is cannons. ammunition for cannons or the eating cannons. Getting ready for cannons. Having sex with cannons. I mean, not to that extent, but almost. <laughs> Taking the cannons off for a walk. So it was, they it was interesting. Cannonball shits. It was fun. Weird city of cannons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Munches walking around. Like trying to investigate a murder. <laughs> I think it was a cannon. A cannon. <laughs> okay, remember the so recommend that one. Yes, it sounds, oh, and, it sounds and, interesting. And that was uh, that was subbed, not dubbed. So and that's good. You want subbed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, it all depends on what you're into. I prefer subtitles, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Memories on Amazon Prime. Yes. All right. Those are good. I should, these are movies I should be watching. And that was that was everything. That's everything. That's your media diet. Yeah. And, and then and. Oh, yeah, I started watching The Wire because I needed something. Like you said, continuous thing. A continuous binge. thing to do. So a- after I watched The Wire, I also I never I never watched Oz. So I've got that to go through. Yep. And I never watched a single episode of The Sopranos. The Sopranos is a great one. So uh, Oz is cool because you get to see a, a crazy J.K. Simmons. Not only a crazy J.K. Simmons, a, uh, it's uh, homeboy. What's his face? He, he was in Happy, Law & Order. Maloney. Chris, yeah. Mal- Maloney's a crazy psycho in this one, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's good. So, He's good at that. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's very good at that. Um, so I guess he gets out of prison and then becomes... He, he goes to prison for sex crimes and mm. then comes out to fight sex crimes? It's part of his, is, is that the way it works? It's part of his rehab. Part of the Maloneyverse? The Maloneyverse part of his rehab. And, the, and, and, and then for the summer camps, he goes and has sex with refrigerators. That's the, that's the Maloney connected universe. <laughs> Does that ever cross over with the Mungiverse? Did, mm. did Munch show up in sex crimes? I don't know. I don't maybe. Think, oh, did he? For one episode. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they had a, some sort of crossover with all the Law & Order people. I'm sure Ice-T was hanging out with everybody. They must have done it. Like, look at this bitch <laughs> with his fucking glasses. Exactly. Who's this guy? Um, all right. Memories on Amazon Prime. Well, those are Brooklyn. Witcher, Wire, Lovecraft Country. Uh, excellent. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's take that break. Let's listen to this uh, this new segment again, like I teed up earlier. It's uh, me, Catch Up with Steve Etchie. We're talking about a few things that he's been uh, watching, listening to, whatever, to get through the, the last few months of shittiness. Then we'll be back in the second half of the show with... Uh, oh, also, Billy D sent us his final part four Fantasia Fest coverage. Oh, nice. He sent it last week after we recorded. He got caught up with something. Mm. So this is from last week, but we're playing it now. So it's me talking to Steve at you doing a quarantine catch-up conversation. I think that's the name of it. And then uh, a little bit of Billy D. And then we're back with the second half of the show. Here we go. Uh, all right, Steve. Well, go ahead. Tell me, buddy, what have you been? First off, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. good, to, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, it's good to see you too, man. I mean, it's for it's for a podcast, it's for audio, but we can see each other. So, <laughs> um, so what have you been up to quarantine wise? For the last few months, we've all been more or less stuck at home. Uh, what are the three things that have been getting you through? Yeah, the three things that have get me through lately. Actually, I've done this for over a year. I've been obsessed with this. Um, I've only seen it. It, it. it seems like a Facebook thing. I'm sure they've promoted elsewhere, but it's uh, dry bar comedy. Uh, I don't know this. 
Okay. Well, Dry Bar Comedy is all of the comics, and I don't know how this company works if they like pay these comedians individually or whatever, but it's a group of comedians that they're all clean acts. Okay. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of times, you know, people that don't listen to a lot of comedy, they're like, oh, they're clean, big deal. Da, da, da. It is very hard. It's very to do hard. a clean act. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, is it, isn't Brian Regan known as the king of comedy because he is so popular and yet he's so clean in his act? And yet he's so clean. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's very difficult to do. And mm -hmm. uh, they, they really did a good job. Again, I don't know if it's a company picking comedians out or whatever, but they find these clean comedians and none of them are awful. I have mm -hmm. preferences. None of them are bad. That's good. They're all good. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. And like it, I said, that's for over a year that I've been watching that stuff. But but, but, uh, it, but it's been good to, I mean, so it's something you've been uh, like catching up on or going back yeah. to a lot lately. And something I never thought of before, because I've done this kind of segment before with you, mm -hmm. you know, where I, where I mentioned what I've, and I never mentioned that. And I think it's because it's That's like. True. That's true. Five, you always mention the good yeah. place. You're constantly yeah. mentioning the good place. You're never talking about the clean comedy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's because like you kind of forget about it because mm -hmm. I would see like five minute segments of clean comedy mm -hmm. and so when you ask me about tv movies uh, like it just doesn't it doesn't come to mind sure you know? yeah and and i am trying to for people who know ahead of time i am asking for it it doesn't just have to be tv or movies books music whatever books and, you've yeah. been into yeah so that's perfect off of facebook uh, yeah it's just usually streams. like yeah usually people don't go like well let me tell you what i've been watching repeatedly on youtube yeah you know, like you but don't the, usually go for that but that is what people do though people like you know i find myself watching a bunch of adam savage like movie prop recreation <laughs> videos and yeah it's like okay absolutely yeah, just, yeah it's ridiculous all right so that's number one <laughs> give me a number two yes ted lasso I've heard uh, of Ted Lasso, yes. Oh my God, it is incredible. It's a very feel-good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Plot-wise, uh, it is uh, Major League. Uh, okay. Basically, basically, like this woman wants to destroy, like her. Uh, she got a divorce, and her, you know, like her her uh, ex-husband like cheated on her constantly. And in the divorce, she got uh, his uh, soccer team. Okay. And that's the that's the thing she that he cares about more in the world. So he's like, you know, so she's like, you know what? I'm going to purposely sink it. Okay. Because like it's not even worth all that money. I'd rather sink it and watch his reaction as it sinks because mm -hmm. he loves it, you know. All right. Uh, so she uh, fires the soccer coach, and this is in England, and hires a like Division C or some shit. I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, a football coach in America who's mm -hmm. never even seen soccer. Well, when I say seen, I mean doesn't know the rules. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and hires him. And this guy is this overly positive, has all these sayings, almost Forrest Gump-like, only he's not stupid. Yeah. You know, where, you know, where he'd be like, well, better, better, da, da, da. Just all these little, uh, I, I don't know, colloquialisms and shit like that. I mean, he is so likable and so funny. And that's, um, um, and, and uh, is Jason. That, is that the titular Ted Lasso? Yeah. And that's Ted Lasso. And that's uh, Jason um, Sudeikis. Okay. I can see that. Sure. And he's 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 incredible. That is on Apple Plus. Um, oh, that's what that's why I don't know about it. All right, Apple Plus. Exactly. Um, and and that's I was gonna say. And that's just the deal. Is a lot of people have it because if you buy you know an Apple device, you have it for a year. Mm -hmm. So um, so a lot of people don't even know that they have it. But it is one of the best things I've seen in a very long time. It's very heartwarming, mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. Even when it you know those movies that even when it's sad, it's positive somehow. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know, and yeah. it's just one of those, oh, I love it so much. And, and it's and it's also one of the first ones that I've ever watched where they don't release the whole thing at one time. It's one every week, just like if you're watching TV. That e- that even feels more like uh now it's it's an event to get something week by week now <laughs> as opposed to the binge. It's crazy how that happens. Oh dude, it comes out on Fridays and like every Thursday, me and Leslie are just like, It's tomorrow. Yeah, Whoa! exactly. Like, you know, it's a fun <laughs> feeling. I miss yes, that feeling. Yeah. Is. And you never, yeah, I mean, like, the only thing I remember uh, as far as those old, you know, when that was the thing, it was, it was like, friends, I'm like, Thursday night, baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. M- must see, must see TV. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, um, all right. Ted Lasso. That's a great number two. All right. Let's round it out with number three. Dude, the, uh, uh, Leslie was on uh, Apple Music looking for something to play and she wanted to play Roz Trent. Yeah. You know, yeah. um yeah, okay. Uh Lonely, uh, Lonely Island. Island. Yeah. Yep, yep. And something called Dumpasaurus came up and she was like, What the hell is this? And clicked on it. This is like all we've been listening to. It's positive, happy, hilarious, like comedy music. Um, they have something called mental karate. Okay. And 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 the whole song is about like, you know, all the lyrics are this happens and this happens, mental karate. Like like chop that negativity up. Yeah. It's hilarious. And I had a friend, it's perfect, where like they were having a bad day and I sent them the music video. I was like, you having a bad day? Look at this, bud. And he's like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And their whole album, it's, oh, it's so good. And what was the name? Thumpasaurus? Thumpasaurus, yeah. Thumpasaurus. That sounds fun. I'm definitely going to check that out. You have to spell out the whole thing. If you just do like thump, like it doesn't come out. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. Gotta go full Thumpasaurus. <laughs> Exactly, which is very annoying, but worth it. <laughs> it is annoying. They tell you never go full Thumpasaurus, but sometimes <laughs> you want to get what you want. You got to break some sometimes rules. Sometimes you, you got to. All right, that's a cool That's a cool three for a man. Uh, Thank you. That's a nice varied way to, to entertain yourself because you got to. The world is crazy. You got to get away from it somehow, right? Absolutely. And it's way better than like when I come on the show and I'd forget about this part. So you'd be like three things. And I'm like, ah, the good place. <laughs> Yeah, whereas like I knew we were doing this segment, so I'm like, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I gave, I gave you an hour's notice this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That actually seemed to help. All right, well, Steve, uh, let people know what you're doing with Tidbits these days, because I know you're oh. doing a bi-weekly release now. I'm actually editing it right now. Um, viewership has gone, or well, not viewership, you know what I mean? Listenership, Listenership has yes. gone way, way up recently. It's I, we're we're having a great time over here getting a lot of good responses um, great. yeah I'm editing this one now which is going to be coming out on uh, Thursday excellent excellent so people make sure yeah yeah subscribe to tidbits uh, follow Steve online all over the place Steve Etchy steve.etchy at gmail.com does anyone yes. email you no no I've gotten, I've gotten like two but no <laughs> come on someone <laughs> someone email Steve and say hi yeah, I just feel like when I go and this is my email, I feel like the listeners are like have their phones and are going, "That's antiquated," you know. Like, That's true too. Not, yeah, no one uses I'm not email emailing anymore. your ass. No, yeah. <laughs> that is true. You're an old man. <laughs> Someone will send you a TikTok before they send you an email. Can you send yeah. people TikToks? I don't know how TikTok works. I mean, you could share it. I guess. I, guess I don't I know. Yeah, I, I downloaded I, I, it, but I never made anything. I see all my TikToks on Twitter. So I'm an old. I'm an old peepaw now. I don't. Know, I don't know what's going on. I see that too. Yeah, on like uh, uh, YouTube or fi- you see the little TikTok in the corner because it was mm-hmm. originally a TikTok video. I'm like, hey. yeah. I downloaded TikTok and there were so many things on there that were the same. It's the it's the dumbest. I hate it. 
you should probably delete it just for privacy reasons because it's like a, oh i did yeah okay there you go excellent all right well there we go thanks that's, <laughs> that's quarantine catch-up with uh steve etchy my pft uh partner i appreciate it steve absolutely love you man watch a few movies take a few notes billy d's death at the movies what's up my dudes first off i have to acknowledge the accomplishment 400 episodes fuck yeah i know it's probably closer to like 700 750 considering all the bonus episodes news episodes deep dives docuramas and what have you's but 400 canon crespedizo episodes is one hell of a milestone congratulations boys we did it well you did it i just sort of tagged along for the ride I mean, hell, considering where all this started, even this iteration of Death of the Movies is now reaching 50 episodes. I guess uh, let's keep it going. I don't even know how many years we've been doing this. Six, seven, well that many more years. That many more years. That many more years. Enough of the back padding. As you know, the past three weeks I've been living in a fog of Fantasia Fest films, and here I am to finish my Fantasia coverage. In total, I saw 18 feature films and 10 short films. My only regret is not being able to see more of the shorts. I love short films and believe they are an integral part of filmmaking. Of all the shorts I saw this year, one of the ones that I absolutely loved was one called You Wouldn't Understand. It's a little sci-fi film that grabbed my attention with some beautiful cinematography and music choices. It had a real cartoony vibe that I enjoyed and just like most shorts, a fun little turn that made me smile. Trish Harnito delivers a very clever little film that messed with my expectations. The best part about a virtual fest is being able to watch a short film again immediately afterwards, which I did with You Wouldn't Understand. Another one that really got me with this quick storytelling was Oh Dear, a fun short about a drive in the woods by Richard Jones. At five minutes, you would think this would be an easy film to forget, but it stuck with me because of its simplicity. Followed that up with Thomas Mendolia's Mr. This for That. This was a highlight of the shorts for me. This was a unique little parable about monsters in the closet. Clever writing and storytelling and editing made this a standout. Aside from the shorts that I watched, I still had a ton of features to examine. Tezuka's Barbara is an adaptation of a 70s manga about a writer who becomes obsessed with the new muse. If I had seen this in my late teens when I was super pretentious and had dreams of being a writer, I'd have been all about it. But now I see it as more of a problematic young man's film. It's super well made and acted and it's super duper weird and abstract in places, but overall I was left wanting a little more from it. I feel like Takashi Miike would have done something really interesting with this material, but I think Makoto Tesuka's interpretation of the material was a little shallow. Something a little more satisfying was Amelia Moses' Bleed With Me. This was a great little isolation thriller where a couple, Emily and Brendan, have invited Emily's new work friend Rowan to, along with them to a cabin for a weekend. Rowan's health begins to decline almost immediately, and she begins to suspect her new friends of stealing her blood while she sleeps. This was a pretty harrowing watch with loads of tension and atmosphere. Highly recommend Bleed With Me when it becomes available for streaming. Now, I'm getting into my favorite three films from the festival. The Block Island Sound, directed by Kevin and Matthew McManus, is truly impressive. Something is happening on Block Island. Mass animal deaths, strange behavior by residents, and disappearances. 
An EPA researcher returns to her home island to investigate some mass fish and bird deaths. Her father has been sleepwalking and acting strangely. Her brother, who stayed home on the island to take care of their father, is unraveling and things are only getting stranger with each passing day. There isn't a lot to say about this movie before you start spoiling it, so I just want to recommend that you all see it as it becomes available. One of the documentary highlights for me at Fantasia was Arthur Jones' Feels Good Man. Wow, this surprised the hell out of me. For those of you who don't know what this is, it's a documentary about Pepe the Frog and the creator of Pepe, Matt Fury. This movie is about the journey of Pepe the Frog, from chill indie comic character who takes his pants all the way off to pee, to the alt-right hate speech icon he became through mass proliferation of meme culture during the 2016 election cycle. This was a fun, compassionate look at an artist who struggles with the modern dilemma of ownership, as well as a deep dive into internet culture and how virality works. This might be one of the first documentaries I've ever seen that actually gets the internet. Must watch. Now we make a hard left into my favorite film of the fest. For the sake of Vicious. Forewarned, this is probably the grimmest movie I've seen in years. This is a super lean thriller that takes place primarily in a single location. And it may get a little heavy. On Halloween night, Chris explodes into Rowan's home, dragging a bleeding and restrained Alan. Chris is accusing Alan of being the rapist of his daughter, who Rowan treated at the hospital after her assault. Alan also happens to be both of their landlords. What starts as a very simple, very bleak revenge film becomes something much bigger, messier, and grimmer than I ever imagined, and lands somewhere between Assault on Precinct 13 and Death Sentence. Gabriel Carrere and Reese Evaneshin knocked this out of the park. They crafted a truly mean little pressure cooker of a film. Great fucking job. And with that, wraps up my Fantasia Fest coverage for 2020. I want to thank everyone at Fantasia for an amazing home festival experience and everyone in the Discord for staying up late chatting about movies with me. I hope to get to do this again next year, and fingers crossed I can do it in person. Regular Death of the Movies episodes will resume with reviews of Bill and Ted and a bunch of other stuff I've written down around here somewhere. Now, back to editing videos for the Library of Congress. Stay cool, Billy D. Alright, and we're back. How's it going? Hope you enjoy the quarantine catch-up with Steve Etchy, and thanks to Billy D for the Fantasia Fest wrap-up, reviewing all those movies for us. That's fantastic. Um, big ups the bill and uh what do you think had you guys enjoyed dial one for yes two for no or you can leave us a message one eight five five crespity so says what let's see uh phone line oh, oh, no, one's there. no one's there uh maybe next time maybe we'll get a phone call next time you can uh join our facebook group uh it's pretty chill if you're if you're already on facebook i would not suggest getting onto facebook just to join the group no uh, as a matter of fact if you're on facebook you should probably delete your account and get off it because it's bad I mean, I've cleared most of my data. Is that good enough? No, that's fine. Yeah, Drew's only on there for like administrative purposes. <laughs> Make sure his name doesn't get slandered, <laughs> I guess, and uh, and so we can access so we can access the group and do things like this, where you go to our comment question thread that I put up each week, uh, and if you have a question or comment or anything whatsoever, you can post it here, and we'll read it just like this. Ah, uh, Carmella gets at us. What's up, Carmella? The Dune trailer was awesome. Yeah. And there would be a huge problem if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If a 90-second trailer can't make a movie look great, then that is a virtual death knell. Yeah. So, are there any movies that you've liked that had had a bad trailer? 
It's an interesting question. I've seen now. I've seen plenty of awful movies with great trailers. I've yeah. like I, I, I've been seen the opposite often. I, I've been conned into many an awful movie <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, God damn it! Seriously, what it's like the entire it's like watch the trailer. What best part of the movie? Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, the third in the Desperado series, mm-hmm. and being so mad <laughs> at, how, at how bad it was. I was like, What the fuck? Uh, and then going home and putting on the TV and seeing a commercial for that movie. That looks good. The movie looks great. How come I didn't see that movie? What, what movie did I see? Did I walk into the wrong theater? Did they show the wrong movie? No, this, they just they just cut a good trailer out of a shit movie. Um, yeah, that's hard. That's a hard question. But how often have you ever seen? I'm I'm sure there are movies I've seen where the trailer has left me like a, and then I eventually catch up to it. I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad. No. But I don't know if there's anything where I've been like, whoa, you know. But it does happen, though. I mean, I, I don't remember, mm. like, the trailer for, like, Mother, like, gripping me. I remember it being a weird trailer and it mm. not being what the movie ended up being. Yeah, I remember the trailer being misleading. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But, it, that's but, different. And it wasn't necessarily a bad trailer, but, I, but it was... Mm-hmm. I, but it was Aronofsky, so I, I knew like whatever trailer they're cutting, like this is this is not the movie I'm going to see. Yeah, they're just, they're just <laughs> trying to sell you on a Jennifer Lawrence yeah. movie. I do remember the Hellboy two trailer being made in a way that I think a lot of people, a lot of studios, were just using the same trailer house because there's different uh, yeah. uh, companies that yeah. that make trailers, right? So I think everyone was just using the same house because there was a number of trailers that had the exact same format in terms of even the way the text were on the screen and the way the Man. text moved uh, and the you know pacing what? of the trailers. That, that, that makes me think of all of the slowed down dark versions of songs like that's gotta be the same trailer house right <laughs> no I think that's just a gimmick that caught on because, because yes that is a trope a trailer trope it's a thing now for the last like decade yeah. and it's become annoying um, yes. And it's even even in they did a slow down uh, Nirvana oh, but, for Batman. They did a slow down to say, Pink Floyd yeah. for Dune. They just did the slow down Pink Floyd for Dune. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> we're going we're going back to Floyd now. I mean, at least at least uh, I mean, like, Joe Dune. I I appreciate the grandeur. Yeah, I pre and, and, it and, it, and it works. It fits. I, I get it. it. But fucking be original, goddammit. it! I want, <laughs> let, me, let me hear some of this Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, the little bits you're giving me sound mm-hmm. amazing. I want to hear yes. the score because they played some of it for that that teaser thing we saw in mm-hmm. front of Tenet oh. uh, and then the little bit that they play over like the title card at the end sounds like OG yeah. score stuff but then again that you know all that slowed down weird scoring of better mu- of other music that just that, that just reminds me of Legion because that was like their whole bag yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's what, how they rolled they, on that show they actually did that <laughs> uh, as part of the, yeah as part of the show <laughs> The, uh, no, but at the Hellboy 2 one, in that case, it wasn't so much one thing that was being done with all Ooh. the trailers, but the entire trailer itself would just be like, you just lift out the yeah. the pieces of footage and you put in new footage, you lift out the, well, the text, I but mean, it's all the same pacing, yeah. the same, it's weird. It's weird, weird. I mean, I guess like the, uh, what, uh. But the movie was only okay. What was the, uh, uh, the, the second Pacific Rim movie, John Boyega? Uprising. Yeah, that had a decent trailer. That movie was shit on a stick. Yeah, but even watching the trailer, I was like, this is it's missing gonna be garbage. Well, yeah, there's yeah, something it's, wrong it's, here. It's missing everything. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it's missing Errol Del Toro's what it was missing. Yeah, that ended up being bad. 
that's way more that happens way more often uh i'm much more impressed when you see a trailer and then you see a movie and you're like damn that trailer was like exactly what the movie is Mm -hmm. um the assassination of jesse james by Mm -hmm. the coward robert ford trailer it's all like it's it's a nick cave score it's a voiceover it's it's brad Brad, Pitt staring into a wheat field (laughs) not, not blinking um, and then he watched the movie. He's like, "Oh, it's just three and a half hours of that trailer." Speaking of people, now, we, maybe we should hook up uh, Mr. Fimmel and Mr. Malik. Mr. Fimmel doesn't blink. Mr. The, Malik from, from Raised by Wolves. M- M- Mr. Malik hates blinkers. Yeah, he wants to <laughs> stare. Look, so, look out into those fields. Maybe, maybe we should get those two together. See what can happen on on the screen. <laughs> How long can you stare at this wheat field? His eyes just get watery, more and more watery as time goes on. Um. The uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's a good observation that if the trailer is bad, if you watch a trailer, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this movie. Good, good chances are you're not gonna like the movie. Yeah. If they can't market it to you in any way to make you look like this is even okay, they're like, yeah, this is gonna suck. Mm-hmm. Those things are gonna suck. Yeah. Um, that's a good question though. Anyway, all right, is that it? Yeah. For the, all right, emails, uh, cinemacrustbees so gmail We'll read them just like this. I was going no, for crickets. No, but oh, works. oh, crickets, crickets. Uh, I don't have crickets. Damn it. No, guys, we do have t- tons of uh, stories here. Let's see, we have a, something like 15, 16 different stories with like sub stories, connected stories, and a half an hour go through. Oh, that's plenty of time. Here we go. We're good to go. Launching off that Dune trailer. You haven't watched it yet, right? You said you're not. I gonna, saw it. Oh, you did end up watching it on your TV at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Yeah, you got a good size TV. Seventy inches. Yeah, that's seventy inches. Yeah, you go. You can watch a Dune trailer on there with the the Pink Floyd and the and the Sars Guard as the Baron Harkonnen, and we got the of course Dave Bautista as his nephew. I mean, it looks like they all bathe in the blood of Ridley Scott androids. So they do. It's crazy. Like some weird gelatinous milk. <laughs> what is that stuff? It's a. Uh, it's white movie goo. It's it's it's, it's life. It's a movie, <laughs> it's like a good movie life is what it is. Um, of course, plenty of Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. It's um, and, 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 and you know, at at the end, he's doing the whole Batman look. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is very much a, uh, a Batman character. Yeah. He's a leader, a reluctant rich leader, free to masses. Uh, but but. Listen to me, though. I'm in charge. <laughs> you're free, but, you know, listen yeah, to me. Yeah, as long as you do what I say. As long as you do what I say, then you're free. You're free to do what I say. Yeah. That works. Uh, yeah. That's all works. The Dune series, as it goes on, gets very much into, like, the role of a leader and how, uh, what, you become too big of a leader, too ideological, it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. The second book is called Dune Messiah, to give you an idea. Ooh, like, yeah, the grandeur of the idea of, like, you shouldn't be. No one, no one's a... <laughs> You're not a messiah. The fuck do you think you are? You, yeah, you may be a president, but that doesn't mean you're in charge of everything, you know. Um, or in this case, more deep. So um, it looks amazing, yeah. right? It looks gorgeous. You got Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. You got uh, who says after this is like, I must make a small movie. He's like, he needs. To, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. dying to scale yeah. back sure. and make something tiny. The cinematographer is Greg Frazier, who. Uh, 
I'm sure after this, he'll I think never. It's their first time working together. I'm sure after this, he'll never want to see a desert again for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, he's done with deserts. <laughs> he's like, you know what? It was great. Never again. That was one of Villain uh, Waves' news uh, conditions. Yeah. He had two conditions to make Dune to agree to make it. He uh, said condition number one: it has to be two movies, and condition number two: we have to shoot it on in desert locations. And his quote was like, "They didn't shoot Jaws in a swimming pool, no, so they didn't. we can't fuck around <laughs> with that." Uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be reflective when you watch the movie and it, and they look around and it's so yeah. expansive and you don't have to CG it in and you're not like looking at fake. No, even time, though they're getting better and better dude, with that fake shit. I saw the making of the Mandalorian. They've tricked me once already. That's they, what, that's they can trick me again. That's where my mind went to. Right away. I was like, how can they? But, how can they? They can go to fucking John Favreau. That's how. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> they well, go to them Disney fuckers. They mastered it. Well, I should talk about that in a little bit. The volume. We'll talk about the volume in a little bit. The uh, the lead, Timothy Chalamet. It's a young gentleman, twenty three ish now. I think something like that. Twenty four. Uh, did you know Timothy Chalamet is a WWE fan? Okay. Uh, it's re- That's relevant when you're working with Dave Bautista. Oh, did he fanboy out? <laughs> oh, <laughs> According to Chalamet, quote, Dave Bautista, who had also worked on Blade Runner 2049, was yeah. working on Dune as well. But coming into his trailer, I grew up a massive WWE fan. I never met Bautista, let alone Bautista without his WWE trunks on, let alone Bautista the real human, and his excitement being there, having already worked with Denis. When you see an actor that's already worked with a director, and it's more humble than ever, it's more excited to be there than ever. For me, it just kind of set the bar in these kinds of movies. It was inspiring. It was inspiring from the actor that Bautista was, and getting to play a Harkonnen. But also... Knowing that this is a guy I grew up with who was kicking ass on TV every Friday night, going to work with him was a real joy to me. Oh, I thought that was sweet. You grew up watching Dave Bautista. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're at a weird time where. Yeah, no, exactly. We're, we're Dave Bautista. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he, he was acting then, <laughs> but not to the scale. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He has, at this point, he has been now acting for, yeah. for a while. Um, and then speaking of, it's interesting how he. Talked about him being an actor coming back to work with uh, the director again, working yeah. with Villeneuve, and how... Uh, I mean, Bautista was barely in Blade Runner, but and still... He, and he had to audition like three times yeah. for it and campaign yeah. for it, so uh, he's super excited to then be like essentially asked to come back. Um, Jason Momoa has uh, some thoughts here on comparing. Someone asked him, comparing, because he's already done Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's done a bunch of shit. Aquaman, yep. uh, Justice League. Yeah. He's been in huge movies. He's been in some of the biggest movies ever. So, uh, comparing them, he goes, how does this compare? Well, I've never worked with a director on this scale. Denis is a cinematic genius, and generally all the action stuff that I've done has been nowhere even remotely close to Denis. Just watching some of the movies that I would do, and going, no, just watching some of the moves that I would do, and going behind the camera and seeing Greg's eye and Denis, I've never seen something so beautiful in a fight scene. Generally, the things that I do don't look that good. So thank you, Denis. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Um, they show a little bit of the fighting in there. Two things about the fighting. They, should, they have them. The, uh, they put on their shields at one point. Yep, saw that. It's, there's a very funny video, so you don't have to like actually watch David Lynch's Dune. There's a the IMDb mashup. Yeah, there's saw that. yeah, there's a, they show the two the scenes together, and you can see the hinky. Yeah, I uh-huh. mean, yeah, you, 
David Lynch went for it. It's the time that that was the best he could do with the technology at the time. It's like you got two options: we got this, or you can look like Tron. That's all we can do. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy looking. It is crazy looking. So uh, I think it looks pretty cool. And then um, in some of the fighting, it's like it looks like they're uh, very Tenet style, red blue. Yeah. We got yep. uh, we got red people, blue people, and as they get hit, like you see the the, the armor or yep. whatever. Um, that armor is very like very prominent in the in the book and in the story. So they found a good way to make it visual without it being so uh, uh, cumbersome or yeah. overbearing or weird or fucking weird, <laughs> just straight up weird. So Dune's gonna be yeah, and also Cruella was right. Like, good thing this trailer wasn't bad <laughs> oh. <laughs> because if it was, I think the entire universe would just be like, you know, seriously, you know what? I'm, we're done with movies. I, I'm not doing it. Nope. I just. No more, it. no more nope. movies. I'm done. I we're, do not. We're, no. we're all doing. We're all doing Hulu series now. <laughs> yep. So you know what? Amazon Prime Originals, and that's it. Stay home. You know what? Turn it into a 12 episode thing on HBO Max. Thank yeah. you. The Batman is now a series. <laughs> we're done with all this stuff. We can't do it anymore. We we psychically can't take it anymore. Um. Oh man, Mulan is having a hard oh, time yeah. out there. Yeah, it is. Well, that's what that's what happens when you make a movie. At one point in time, and then time goes by, and the entire world flips on its fucking lid. Yeah, and then also <laughs> people actually care about uh, genocides happening and exactly and far flung regions of the world. Uh huh. So Mulan. Well, uh, and then and then mm-hmm. when you add insult to injury, and you actually thank the people That's who are problem. doing the murdering. That's the problem. So uh, there was already boy co- calls for boycotts before the movie even came out. Not based on the content of the movie, nope. but based on the uh, the lead actress. What's her name? Yeah, she, Yu Fing. She was like, the police in Hong Kong are doing the right thing. Yeah, she she's standing for the Hong Kong police to, uh, for the uh, cracking down on all the pro-democracy mm-hmm. protests. Uh, also, Donnie Yen. Is uh, similarly like pro police. Oh, is he? Yeah, but so is uh, and then Jackie Chan is also in pro like all these all these people. Interesting. Yeah, some of the most successful people in China are also very pro government. Hmm. I wonder. Why Do you wonder that why is. that works? Uh, Lou Yifei is her is the actress. So before that, because of those stances, people are like boycott move on. Now that Mulan has come out, they've been like, oh, well, also Mulan has these some of these thematic problems in terms of having a pro-Han narrative, which uh, that's a whole issue. The the, the um, uh, cultural genocide warfare over there, that's a pro-Han government. So well, to have a movie that's also like upholding all that shit is that mean, to ignore you, the, you, the atrocities. And I mean, you can... God, that's been going on for exactly. no, fucking is, centuries. Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 well, it's like... it's. Tough waters you want to wade into just to make a few million bucks. Um, For years, China's been under international scrutiny for treatment of Muslim minorities in Xinjiang, the uh, province, Mm -hmm. province Xinjiang. The Uyghurs. The Uyghurs. W-U-I-G-H-U-R. The Uyghurs. Um, So now that the movie has come out, there's a long thank you section at the end. And some of the people they think include the uh, Xinjiang uh, police and like straight up. The uh, The authorities. The the ones who are literally doing the murdering. The ones taking (laughs) people, put them in re-education camps, disappearing people. Yes. Uh, Anytime you say re-education, that's not a good thing. And that's straight, yeah. <laughs> like an education camp is fine. A re-education camp? You think, no. You think 2020, the Chinese government find better ways. So like, no, this is well, he doesn't, they don't, We don't care. Who the fuck is putting up any stink? 
Um, prominent Hong Kong pro-democracy advocate Joshua Wong tweeted, it just keeps getting worse now when you watch Mulan. Not only are you turning the blind eyes of police brutality and racial injustice due to what the lead actors stand for, you're also potentially complicit in the mass incarceration of Muslim Uyghurs. Hashtag boycott Mulan. <laughs> Damn, Drew, I just want to watch you some wushu. Well, uh, I mean, you can do that, Chris, but don't look up anything <laughs> on how or where the movie was made. I must understand my, complici- my complicity. <laughs> and yes. uh, it's, uh-huh. it's like, oh, I enjoyed this Apple product, but yes. also tiny hands made it. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, the screws are very tiny. They are. They need tiny screwdrivers. It's like the snowdriver train. They had the kids working the gears. Yeah, well, well, listen. They're hey, small enough. Hey, listen. Those, those gears have got to get cleaned if not the train stops that's what I'm saying so <laughs> is it like exploitation or is it survival that we have uh, I mean, it's probably kids a, building our phones I'm going to go with a decent mixture of the two making my Pro- sneakers probably a healthy balance of both yeah man I need these Bangladeshi kids making my Nikes they sewed the best Nikes I think it's in Bangladesh um, that actually reminds me read a so when the Dune trailer did come out and everyone was very excited about it uh, I of course, came across a tweet thread from someone who uh, w- went deep into how Frank Herbert, the writer, uh, lifted a lot of his philosophy and religion and, and communal practices for the different people in the books. R- lifted all that from uh, indigenous North African uh, tribes people. Duh. One of them was called the uh, the Sazigi, the Sagizi, um, and they're like practically gone. Yeah, they're they're non-existent at this yes. point. Uh, so like some of the language in the book, the quote made up alien stuff is just like bastardized uh, North African tribes language. So like while that is gone, Dune lives on. So it's mm-hmm. like a weird bastardization of the culture. And then also then the I forgot who this lady's name was, uh, but she was like, now when this movie comes out, they came and throw some like. Uh, roles to North African looking people even though it's Dune it's it's space it's all that stuff like there's still it's a complete erasure of of that culture uh, in order to make this space epic I mean yes I mean, that's what is most cult- most most culture is that <laughs> I agree but you are obviously you do not understand how culture works well that's what I'm saying no, that, I think that yeah. is an understanding of how no, culture works yeah that, that it's exactly what they yes yeah. those people are gone and their story is gone but it lives on in this weird it, way in a in different way. Uh, yeah so but it's like then you don't truly honor it uh so it's it's interesting. You just got to be uh, mindful of uh, the stuff that we take in. Well, and also, she wasn't saying, like, be excited. Don't be excited for this movie. She's yeah. not saying do or don't. No, she, she, she was just pointing out that she was exhausted by all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. 100%. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, I'd be understanding if it was, like, the last the last representations of any sort of Puerto Rican or Hispanic culture was some sort of, like, oh, yeah, space alien thing. Like, what about actual Spanish people? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's all right, Chris. There are white nationalists out there that praise marble statues of Greek gods. Those Greek gods mm. were painted brown people. <laughs> the only reason why they're white no, and marble wait, is because they're not painted anymore. No, these people are... They were the alabaster white <laughs> ancestors. No, 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 we, they weren't. We, we have come from the whitest uh-uh. people. No, 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 no. The whitest no, of our grandfathers. No, no White no. hair. That's not the way it works. White clothes. No, that's not... So, you know, the culture's gone, but or, it's still... But that it's still, was but racial it, purity, Drew but, but it still lives on in some weird <laughs> bastardized way. Yeah. Welcome to the human condition. The human condition. What is the human condition? Uh, I mean... Everybody's been doing it since the dawn of time. I mean, do you, do, do you think the, the story of 
Noah and the Ark is an original telling from the Bible because you talk to any polytheistic religion, and guess what? That myth is there. Yeah. Fucking word the for myth. word. The good old, <laughs> good old flood myth. So, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's what we do. We, we we take what we know and we change it for us, and then we put it out as our own ideas. Which is why Tesla lost and Edison won. Tesla. Uh... Had a nervous breakdown, also. Yeah, but he was also you couldn't you couldn't handle the pressure. Well, he, he was a bad businessman. He was a fucking genius, but a bad businessman. He was a fucking genius, but also a goddamn idiot. <laughs> Edison, I mean, had genius potential. Way better businessman, though. I'm having some problems here. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, just uh, trying to thing. get my my thing here. Here we go. Uh, this fucking phone. Um, speaking of Tesla, okay, thank you, Drew. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect segue. Yeah. Um. Actually, no, that's not a good segue. No, Star, bad segue. Oh, Star okay, Wars. Sorry. I tried. Star Wars, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried. Uh, 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 your boy, Josh Gad, gets the goods from Daisy Ridley. There's an interview with her. Okay. On, he sat in on... Josh Gad's not my boy. I, I just like that internet show he did during COVID. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, no problem. no problem. Apparently, he's a song and dance man. I'm not into song and dance. But he's a big song and dance man. Even worse. Going all the way back to the days of Fatty Arbuckle. People love big old fat song and dance men's. Especially when they uh, then they get accused of uh, murder, rape, rape <laughs> and murder. That's what maybe we'll see. I don't know if he truly follows follows the fatty Arbuckle route. He talks to Ridley Daisy Ridley. I almost said Ridley Scott. Daisy Ridley Scott uh, about Star Ooh, that's Wars. <laughs> that's a weird mashup. <laughs> a very sexy uh, uh, director of horror. <laughs> the uh, she says at the beginning, talking about uh, her character Ray. This is for Jimmy Kimmel Live. He, he was sitting as host. At the beginning, they were toying with the idea of an Obi-Wan connection. There was different versions. And then it really went to It Was No One, the second movie. Okay, yeah. And then it came to oh. episode nine, and J.J. pitched me the film. I was like, oh, yeah, Palpatine is granddaddy. <laughs> then two weeks later, he was like, oh, we're not sure. <laughs> so, it kept, uh, so it kept changing. And, and you know what? It shows on film. It shows. <laughs> so then even as we were filming, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be. You, I still don't know if that's the definite answer. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> so it's dumb that... Uh, so originally, uh, almost a Kenobi for the first episode, for episode seven. That but could they, have been fun. But they didn't have it nailed down yet yeah. at that time anyway. Episode eight, Ryan Johnson comes in and comes up with a nobody angle. Which was even better. That could have been, okay, here we go. The nice upending of the whole idea. It seems like you guys are going somewhere with this episode. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. We have no idea what we're doing. Uh, th- there are some clones back here, and uh, she's the grandkid, okay? Cool. Call it a day. We were fucking around, and now we, now we got our backs against the wall. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy, man. Huge goddamn movies, and they never, never so s- bad. Just sit down. At least uh, James Cameron with the Avatar movies, he was like, "We want to make four movies. Let's break out the whole story." All right, now it's right. All it took him like five years just to write the screenplays. Uh, while then, the background, well, they're like, "Can I, we get these cameras right?" I, no? I, I I hope it took him five years to write four screenplays. Yeah, well, they brought he broke <laughs> it up, and what he did was fascinating. He came up with like yeah, like eight writers or something like that, and they all came up with a huge story together, and then they split up into movies, and then they're like, "All right." He assigned like you guys write this, you write this, you write that, and then that's how he managed everything together. So they broke the whole thing together, and then they split it up, and then monitored everything. So that's an interesting approach. Oh, so you, so you mean they planned it out? It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like that sounds like an idea. <laughs> they, 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 came up, they came up with a plan. Yeah, is that something weird? How people do that? Uh. 
Um, this was a big story this week that's going to amount to a whole bunch of nothing, Drew Chicago. Okay. The Oscars announced inclusion requirements for Best Picture eligibility. So the Academy Awards, the Ampus, right? They put up this whole list of criteria that uh, that you have to, for your movie to qualify for Best Picture, you have to meet these criteria, which on the face of it, you're reading, you're like, look at all this shit. But then you really read it, and you're like, this ain't changing nothing. Okay. So one of the things that's, uh, it's essentially changing representation or ensuring, excuse me, representation, um... In front of the camera, behind the camera, uh, in terms of media access, and uh, there's a fourth one. But there's four four aspects of, like, you know, the industry. And each section, there's four sections, they all have, like, subsections. And you have to do, like, one of these things, or, like, two of the four. So it's a pick and choose. Like So you don't have to be so required. And all those options, like, each section has an option that's like, well, this is already... <laughs> This is already kind of the way it is. For example, like the behind the scenes stuff, it says you have to have at least uh, like 50% has to be representative of some of these groups. And it's like women, uh, underrepresented minorities, et cetera, et cetera. But it's talking about like um, technical stuff, like wardrobe and, and set design and effects. All that, that stuff. That's is, not where the problem is. Yeah, all that stuff's <laughs> already uh, filled by those uh, yeah. kind of positions. That's not where the problem is. That's not where the problem is. So you can easily be like, all right, well, we filled that. That's no problem. So yeah. like people are like, what about movies like The Irishman or Dunkirk? These like all white male movies. Can they still be eligible? And it's like for the most part, yeah. If you look at what they're doing uh, to this, they could very easily be eligible. All they have to do is change one actor to be like, oh, that's a black guy now. There's a couple of lines of dialogue. Boo hoo. Whoa. We ruined your white utopia. Oh, no. <laughs> it's really, not my white utopia. It's really, it's really small. Uh, when you look at the, it looks like this huge thing. But what? it is it's performative it's like we're pretending we're trying to be more inclusive but this isn't actually also it's not enforceable really how can you that's why it's to be eligible for best picture but it's people can still make whatever movie they want you could still make a movie all by white people for white people what's, what's the opposite of fubu be we by, <laughs> by whites for whites <laughs> i mean beef we <laughs> i mean i'm pretty sure that's just called america <laughs> No, no, that's what it is. It's America. It's not America. Right. It's just, just America. America. Yeah. yeah. Drop the A. Yeah. Can't afford an A in America. Um, so it's performative bullshit. It's uh, and and when it came out this week, it's mostly got like on both uh, in, on terms of like the quote left, the progressive left, or like this is a bunch of nothing. And then the uh, the reactionary right to it, they're like, look what they're trying to do. You know, um, no matter what, yeah. the Academy fucked up. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They really. They can do up. no right. Uh, not in this case. And then, uh, if actually, you, want, you, you know what? You know what they should do if they want to do some right. Yeah. Just end the Oscars period. Uh, well, that's the thing. The Oscars raises a lot of money for the Academy, and that money then gets funneled into like the museum that they're going to open up, which is going to be the largest movie museum in the world. And uh, so, so, and, and there's grant money that they use to give to young filmmakers. So, so, so you're telling me that this group of very wealthy, very smart people can't figure out a different way to funnel millions of dollars from a bunch of it, famous saps it, it's hard uh to replace the second most watched live tv program even with declining ratings year after year it's still after the super bowl the most watched uh television program which means ad money well Chris, it, it's hard to replace that kind of there, there may or may not be a super bowl this year <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> there, there may or may not be i mean 
There, what, may, there what, may be a Super Bowl, but not like we. No, like no, we no, know. no. I mean, the Oscars is not going to be the Oscars this year. They, they, they are talking about like, do we just straight up cancel the Oscars because yeah, there are no movies. Yeah, <laughs> ain't no way they're giving an Oscar to Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but what happens if the Academy if the Academy votes it that way? Uh, they did already adjust the rules to try to open up as many movies as eligible. Uh, so Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't win? No, no, it's a, like, try to open up the field. Oh, yeah, I guess essentially so that Sonic the Hedgehog is the default winner. It's either that or Invisible Man or Birds of Prey. Even then, Birds <laughs> of Prey can't get a fair shake, I bet you. Tenet uh, wins. Best Oscar. Yeah, that's the thing. So Tenet <laughs> came out. <laughs> um... Then this this article then comes out. This study comes out uh, shortly after the release of this um, stupid initiative. That won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this? Uh, who, who wrote this? What is the, uh, Hollywood has made no meaningful change in representation on screen. New study finds. A uh, news report from one of the leading research groups on the issue concludes that 2019 was yet another abysmal installment in the saga for more than a decade Hollywood has made no meaningful change in ensuring equitable on-screen representation. Uh, examining the characters in each of the 100 highest-grossing movies annually from 2007 to 2019, researchers found the percentage of female characters in speaking roles inched up and down, hovering between 28 and 34% each year, a statistic that's been unchanged for 13 years. Uh, numbers, 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 etc., etc., etc. So all the stuff about the progressive Hollywood left and how you know, uh, and nothing has changed. It's a bunch of performative bullshit. It's what people get mad about when they paint Black Lives Matter on the street, but then they're like, "All right, now release the, the cops, the, the the tear gas, everyone to get the protesters mm-hmm. out of here." It's like it's performative. The cops like to kneel. They do the picture, the photo op where they kneel with the protesters. That's right. Tomorrow- and then that night, they're like shooting them with beanbag yeah. rounds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eight o'clock curfew at seven fifty nine. That's why I gotta carry big things of milk with you and and those uh, orange cones, mm-hmm. the, like a street cone. You put the cone on top of the of the device. You pour the milk in there to put it out, and then if it, to get any face, you pour the milk in your face. The milk is twofold. It's kind of expensive, and you can drink it too. It's threefold. Oh my <laughs> god, Drew's a cobbler. Not even think about drinking it. But Chris, what happens if I'm, if I'm vegan? Oh, uh, oat milk. <laughs> Pouring oat milk on <laughs> on uh, tear gas canisters. This is socially conscious <laughs> protesting, if I ever saw it. Um, speaking of uh, Daisy Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's got some comments on Alien, future Alien installments. Okay. So there's Prometheus, which was supposed to be just very loosely connected to Alien. Then Alien Covenant, which was like, well, fuck it. We'll just go ahead and make it more, much more Alien. Let's just connect it. It's just connected. But it also ended with David going off to another planet. Yeah. With He was essentially going to the planet that is the beginning of Alien, yeah. the first movie. It was going to close the loop. Now here's Ridley Scott on Alien's future. That's in process. We went down a route to try and reinvent the wheel with Prometheus and Covenant. Whether or not we go directly back to that is doubtful. Because Prometheus woke it up very well, but you know you're asking fundamental questions like has the alien himself the face hugger the chest burster have they all run out of steam do you have to rethink the whole bloody thing and simply use the word to franchise that's always the fundamental question so looks like he's going down a possible route of let's just fucking let's hollywood halloween three curse of michael myers this shit and just come whole new thing just set inside the world of alien you into that or what do you want I'm totally okay or you want him to go back yeah. to actual aliens S- seriously as 
I like it when you get to play mm-hmm. in a familiar universe, mm-hmm. but in a new and fun way. Yeah, sure. Like, if you do it right. Like, everyone's, you know, they, they loved or didn't or whatever the last three Star Wars movies. You right. Know, episodes, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Out of all of those... Rogue One was the best. It was the most interesting one. And that was just playing in the same sandbox. We yeah, were just off to, off to the side. We were off to the side in between two movies that you know a lot about. Yeah. And it was the most... It was the best part of it all. Which, which Solo could have been. Solo could have done it, that. Exactly. But it didn't. As long as you're telling... <clears throat> And engrossing and interesting story, Chris. It doesn't matter what sandbox you play in. That's true. As long as it's a good story, just tell us a good story. Tell me a good story. Just, I don't give a fuck where it comes from. Just be entertaining and tell us a good story. Feature an alien, don't feature an alien. Exactly. Engineer, no engineer. Just, yeah, whatever. Just make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell me a story. So let's see. But really, Scott is still thinking about continuing with that franchise. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, it would be a fun sandbox to play in. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested. Um, here we go. Moving on, we have uh, Borat 2, Drewster Cogburn. Not only has it uh, been filmed, but it's already been screened. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Sasha Baron Cohen was in the news a couple times last year doing weird shit. Well, there was one thing he was doing where the, uh, he was at like a, a fair, and he was singing a Wuhan flu song. But I thought I read that that was tied to This Is America Season 2. I'm sure he bullshitted everybody with that story. <laughs> that this is America thing? No, the, the this is America season two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, yeah. that that's a cover for it actually being Borat. It probably was. It's possible because new. Uh, it's what the Borat thing is. It, it, it's sort of a meta version where Borat two, which apparently the title is going to be called, I think Borat, uh, great success. Okay. Um, is that? Um, Borat is now because of the movie. A known person, a known entity. Okay, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So Borat goes undercover to interview people and do things. Ah, okay, gotcha. So it's Cohen acting as Borat, acting as, as other people. Yeah. So now we're getting like a level, we're incepting yes. Yes. another level uh-huh. into this characterization. Uh, so apparently that's what's going on here. Gotcha. So then it could be, yeah, could so, Borat so, have... So it wasn't, so in all reality, all that weird shit that Sasha Baron Cohen was doing last year was probably Sasha Baron Cohen acting. So it was really, it was Borat that was doing all that weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there was straight up uh, pictures of him driving down the street in a pickup truck, like a big Tim Murphy blue pickup truck. Uh, with the Borat mustache. With the Borat mustache haircut and, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, the, and the jacket. That's exactly. He yeah. pulled a slick one on us, Chris. Yeah, people were thinking like, oh shit, he's out here doing Borat. That was like six months ago. There you go. Um, Apparently, that was part of it. So let's see when this thing comes out. Screening, but it'll probably be uh, Hulu or I can see it come out on a streamer. Oh, yeah. You don't have to see it. Although, man. Yeah. That, that, well, these days that ever happened. What was that article? Age of, we're in the age of pandemics. Mm-hmm. Will we ever be in a theater with a lot of people laughing at movies again? Maybe. Oh, probably not. Outdoor theater, maybe. We have to maybe. Open, out, open outdoor theaters made specifically for horror films and comedies. I mean, or. Or unless, uh, you know, there's some sort of new technology comes out that can rapidly clean the air and keep <laughs> us all safe. As as we laugh, like the air is like sh- static, like a bug, like a bug zapper. <laughs> Every time, like, sh- like, damn, that was a lot, of, a lot of virus in your system, bro. Thank God we got these new, uh, these new filters. Um, well, I don't think those filters will be ready for any of these movies, which no. got delayed and pushed around. Wonder Woman 84 delayed from October to Christmas. Okay, so they're just going to do a Christmas push. Christmas push. They're just uh, like, you know what? People are going to be off 
if they're gonna go to the movies, they'll go. If they won't, yep. fuck. Maybe it'll be at this time. Uh, of course, we'll be balls deep in the second wave by that point. Mm-hmm. It's winter. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be a bad, bad. Oh, it's gonna be real bad. So everything will get delayed again. This poor movie. <laughs> um, at some point in time, they gotta cut their loss and fucking release it. They have to do something. The uh, Wonder Woman eighty four is a Warner Brothers movie. Pushing that to December now means we're probably pushing Dune because Dune is also December. So I would not be surprised to hear Dune getting pushed to uh, summer of next year, maybe December 2021. Fuck you so hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible. I I can see it happening because they put out Tenet. It cost them so much money. And based on the first couple weekends, it's like we don't even if we keep this movie in theaters for six months, we don't know if we can come close to making enough money back on this thing. Well, it's not our fault that America's can't go outside yeah well i mean they just opened up theaters in orange county california to 25 percent um as soon as as, it, of, as of this week as soon as there's a spike they're gonna shut it right back they'll down. shut it all right back down new york uh they're just started reopening and they've been at like a one percent infectivity infection rate for a while we're at like we've still got uh thousands of people a day in a state uh, bars open tomorrow bars open 50 50 percent so get ready for some spikes. It's a good thing there's no real movies coming out for the next few months because <laughs> <sighs> it's bad. So Wonder Woman pushed, Dune will get pushed, and uh, Candyman pushed to 2021. Um, and Nia DaCosta, she even said the director. What was her exact quote? Here is uh, Nia DaCosta. We made Candyman to be seen in theaters. Like just straight up, mm-hmm. not just for the spectacle, but because the film is about community and stories, how they shape each other, how they shape us. It's about the collective experience of trauma and joy, and suffering and triumph, and the stories we tell around it. So Nia DaCosta now being a, a movie theater uh, uh, stand, hoping her film comes out there. Uh, another I'm, quote says the same thing. I mean, it would be nice, but you know, uh, <laughs> we can't have. Ni- we're not allowed to have nice things because no. we didn't, we didn't play nice. No, we're 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 fucking around. And if we continue to fuck around, we fuck around in November, then yeah, we never have nice things ever again. Uh, except maybe Atlanta season three. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I'll, you know what? I got some season three news for you. I'll take it. Um, jo- uh, jo- I'm, I'm willing to put up with an, a little bit more bullshit to get myself an Atlanta season three. <laughs> Here we go. Well, uh, FX chairman John Landgraf says uh, they're looking to safely start shooting in the near-ish future. Production will begin early 2021. Uh, They have seasons three and four mapped out. They're going to shoot them both back-to-back. So we're getting two seasons through. And here's a quote. One of the things that's been kind of unexpected, an unexpected boon from COVID is that the writers have had a lot of time to write. Yeah. Donald Glover and his team of partners have written everything for seasons three and four. One shoots primarily in Europe and one will be primarily in Atlanta. The intent is to shoot them all at one time, essentially back to back. That's crazy. Cool. Looking forward to that. I'm down. Um, Seriously, one of the best shows on TV. Yeah. In the last few years. I just want... Anything to get more Lakeith Stanfield on screen. Lakeith and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. And Brian Tyree Henry. All these people are blowing up on yeah. that show. Mm. No. Well, fucking Donald Glover knows how to pick them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. And I want more expansion of the universe, like the black Justin Bieber and the Harriet Tubman 20s. <laughs> I want more of that stuff. Tell me about this weird world you guys live in, this alternate universe. Um, with the, uh, oh, will we get more Teddy Perkins? I hope so. No, did he come stuff at the end? Oh, yeah, he did. Damn it. Um, 
Bong Joon-ho's movie Memories of Murder is getting a re-release in theaters via Fathom Events. They're trying super hard to get people to come back to theaters. Ain't worth it. What a bummer that they do this now. Yeah, no, it ain't worth it. Yeah. I mean... I would love to see it in theaters, but Me no. too, but I don't want to die. A couple weeks ago, I caught the end of uh, Akira, the last 30 minutes. Uh, I was like watching it. It's like, man, I would love to see this in the theater. Guess what, Drew? They're showing it. 4K re-release. Of course. Damn it. <laughs> Not... Not worth it. <laughs> and going to the theater with a bunch of mouth breathing the uh, uh, Akira nerds. Yeah, no. I would. I mean, I would love to, but no. I would love to. Love to. Um, RoboCop prequel series in the works by MGM. I think they're shopping, looking for uh, a distributor. The show would be about Dick Jones and how he goes from Richard Jones, low low executive, to Dick Jones. So we get to follow a crazy corporate psychopath? Yes. <laughs> if they do it right, it should be a satire about a almost American psycho style satire about a corporate greed and and your hero, your anti-hero is a fucking psycho. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. And becomes even more of a psycho yeah. through the uh, the pressures of working in the corporate world. American corporate world, capitalism, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If they do it right, it yeah. should be that thing. We'll see. Sounds something that's a Robocopless Robocop show. We've had Batmanless Batman stuff, Spider Manless Spider Man stuff. That's fine. They're proving it can be done. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm skipping that story. The oh, coming to HBO Max, Fresh Prince, uh, 30th anniversary, 30th anniversary reunion special. Most interesting thing about this, they put out a couple of pictures of uh, like we'll put out one of him and most of the cast, which includes the um, the second. Antviv, mm-hmm. right? Because he's feuded with the the original Antviv for years, for twenty seven years. They haven't even spoken to each other, and she's been probably been like, "Fuck that show," and "Fuck Will Smith." She's been mad, mad. Uh, the second picture they put out is him and her sitting down having a conversation. Oh <laughs> shit, dude! I I went from like I went from I don't give a fuck to I have to see the special. I have to see them have a conversation. It's like, it's them apparently having like a red table style. Like, we're going to hash it out here and do it. I can't wait. It'll be interesting to see them you know, talk about it. Because she was so mad about that show. Uh, but everyone looks great. Everyone's still alive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Phil's dead. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you got a Phil Banks like Phil Banks. Uh, and that's what that name was. So, <laughs> uh, I'll skip this. I'm gonna see if that story. Oh, this is funny. The, this is when the snake eats his own tail. Uh, Candace Cameron Burr, uh, famously Christian entertainer, mm-hmm. with the she's at the Fuller House and mm-hmm. she makes uh, the Hallmark holiday mm-hmm. movies. Um, that's again a big Christian audience there mm-hmm. with Hallmark. Mm-hmm. She put out a picture on her some sort of social media. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of her and her husband, and her husband. Uh, has his like left arm around her shoulder mm-hmm. to like hug her, mm-hmm. and his hand is just like straight up on her tit, like pow. Oh like, yeah, he's, he's just like this. Uh, this, uh, this is my woman. These are my titties. This is my titties. This is my woman. Uh, and it's just a picture. They're like on vacation. Yeah. They're, on, they're on a dock. They're smiling. Uh-huh. Uh Man, people got mad at Candace Cameron for putting this picture out there for for her husband <clears throat> of twenty four years. So wait, so, so so wait. The Christians are angry that a married woman of twenty four yeah. years' husband that a married is couple touching her 
her breast over not one but two layers of clothing at, at the least so she's not wearing a bra underneath that shirt but yeah at the least so they need to get they now they do understand how people get made right not publicly like that actually they do though sometimes on on the internet uh she put out a post for all you christians that are questioning my post with my husband's hand on my boob my husband of 24 years thinking it was inappropriate it makes me laugh because it's my husband we have so much fun together. He can touch me anytime he wants, and I hope he does. This is what a healthy, good marriage and relationship is all about, end quote. And she's right. They're married for uh, 24 years, yeah. and he's so horny for her. Yeah. <laughs> They're horny for each other. I, 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 sounds I, like they got a good marriage. I was about to say, it, it, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like all the other Christian jealous. are jealous as fuck <laughs> that their husbands Aww. aren't grabbing their boobs anymore. They're so jealous. But yeah. you, you want to know why their husbands aren't grabbing their boobs anymore? Why? Because they're stuck up Christian bitches. But she's kind of a stuck up Christian bitch, maybe too, not, it seems. Maybe not in the sheets. Not, I mean... Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe well, I don't know. <laughs> that, in that case, it doesn't matter. We, Republicans we are kinkier. The right is, gets kinkier and crazier in the in the bedroom. Well, it's because it's because they lock the door and don't let anybody watch. Aha! Unless you're Jerry Fowler, mm. then you do the watching. Yeah. See, you, there you go, I Jerry Fowler. That whole thing throws it it's right so out. great. It's all I don't know when. Yeah. It's all n- nonsense. People like fucking mor- moral. <laughs> it's all moral nonsense, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it's just funny scene. Oh man, I'm really. It's good to see her. I'm not a fan of hers. It's good to see her stand. Um, uh, like I mean, yeah, no, exactly. I just, I'm looking forward to watching fall, that whole Fallwell thing fucking burn to the ground. Yeah, I mean, well, well <clears throat> what else is there left? He resigned. Well, well he, I guess they're going to look into finances. Well, no, here's the thing. If so, there if, may be if, a misappropriation if of, he, of, if of he, school finances. If he's a bit. I guarantee you his personal finances and that school's finances are more intertwined than fucking anything in this world. Yeah, because it's uh, yeah, uh-huh. his dad and all. Yeah, that. yeah. So he's going to go to jail for a very long time. We'll see. We'll see. Or at least he not, should. Not if uh, not if a certain reelection goes through. Mm. It's, like, it's like he's a good man. It's, it's unfair what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. He just likes watching his wife get plowed. <laughs> I mean, at least his at least his mm. wife lets him watch. She lets him watch. She lets him watch. <laughs> I think it's good. I I haven't seen my wife naked in two decades. <laughs> two decades. <laughs> in two decades. Um. Oh yeah, confirmation. Nick Cage, Joe Exotic series, Amazon Prime. Yes. It all. It's all come together. Yes. Uh, they were developing the show first. Yes. They were shopping around. Amazon Prime. I stepped up to the plate. They ordered it, making it Nick Cage's first uh like quote TV show. Even though it's an Amazon show. That's fine. It's his first non-movie That's role. Fine. As Joe Exotic. I get episodic Nick Cage yeah. as Joe Exotic. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking <laughs> fucking me right I think, now? I think it was Gabe <laughs> on Twitter. Gabe shared a, a little blip of an interview with that he did, like a little panel with uh, some co-stars of some movie. They asked him about acting and uh, going over the top in acting. And his quote was like, I don't even I don't consider it acting anymore because <laughs> it implies a sort of lying. <laughs> so I just, I'll just be. And then it, and it cuts like a two shot of him and the young actress, whoever she is sitting next to him. And she's just making a face like this guy is crazy. <laughs> this guy's saying crazy things. All the better to be Joe Exotic. Yes. I'm just going to be him. I don't act anymore. Even better. Nick Cage is just going to be Joe Exotic. Um, Chris, maybe there is a God. Uh, (laughs) It's coming. This is actually interesting, too. So the series, this is from Variety. Um, It'll be produced by Amazon Studios along with CBS TV and Imagine TV. It's based on a Texas monthly article 
Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild. So they actually optioned an article specifically. So I wonder how they will handle the Netflix stuff in a, in a sort of way. I don't know. It would be interesting to see that. Uh, but yeah, it's coming. Nick Cage. Joe Exotic. He's getting all the fame that he's always wanted. I'm looking forward to it. He's just in prison. Yep. <laughs> well, that's usually the way it works. Uh, you know, <laughs> Welcome to America, Joe. Welcome to Joe's America. <clears throat> Joe America. This is, Amer- this is Joe Exotic's America. I mean, it is. Uh, Steven Spielberg told Netflix that for the Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous show, he didn't want it to be a, quote, kiddie version of Jurassic World. Even though it's meant for, like, families, sort of, he still wanted to make sure that it has that Jurassic Park, Jurassic World feel. Wait, so you're telling me that I should actually watch this show? You know, I don't think, say you have to watch it, because, again, it's not like the last two Jurassic Park movies have been any good anymore. No. As a matter of fact, it's not like any of them outside the first one are really necessarily all that good. None of them are except yeah, for the first one. Exactly, right? So it's like the Jaws movies. It's like, yeah, of course, keep making Jaws movies. You can't make a good one anyway. <laughs> so why am I going to stop you? <laughs> but it is an interesting quote. Um, in all the films, the kids are the side characters who need to be rescued by Alan Grant, Owen Grady, or an adult. So the whole idea is let's put the kids in the center of the story. Let's cut off the adult help. Let's make them have no one to count on but each other. And really, that's just the entire impetus for the story. It let's empower Let's empower the kids and see what happens. In spite of the PG rating, uh, they want to remain true to Spielberg's wishes. So while the series never shows blood or gore, the teens do watch people get eaten by dinosaurs and things get particularly intense. Um, yeah. So cool. I, I do appreciate that Spielberg was like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> this is still my baby. Yeah. I mean, it's Michael Crichton's baby, but it's also his baby. Um, Michelle Rodriguez explains why she's built a reputation for being a pain in the ass. Because she is? Well, all right, here we go. I've become riddled with the title Hard to Work With by people who had to experience that because sometimes I've had to go over people's heads to get things done that I know have to do with the integrity of the character that I represent. My character will represent many Latino women who face machismo all the time. I have to be careful what I do because it's only one of the moments in a feature film where the woman isn't on a stripper pole or the woman isn't a maid or she's not running around begging for her boyfriend to take care of her. And so that image is very important when it's spread around the world at a scale that is fast and furious. Uh, there was a short period of time before they filmed this movie, before they did Nine, that uh, she she was out. She dropped out. Oh, really? Yeah, she was like, uh, you guys aren't... What you're putting forth for the women characters is anemic. You're putting way too much emphasis on the men. I don't like what you're doing. I'm out of here. Well, I mean, the whole series is from the guy's point of view. That's why we have... But they've been adding <coughs> the women over and over, and that's how it's been blowing up by including more. I mean, Gal Gadot fucking yeah. blew up because of the goddamn series, and um, they brought back... Jordana Brewster's always been the weakest point, for sure. Well, yeah. Uh, bringing back Michelle Rodriguez became a big thing. Yeah. Um, and then they announced... So what happened was, if I recall correctly, she essentially quits uh vin diesel powwows with her um gets her back on board and then they after shortly after that they announce uh, a fast and furious like female heavy movie like put all the characters together and let's make one that does mm-hmm. uh focus yeah because think about how we have the greatest hacker in the world and it's this lady from game of thrones yep and then she spends the rest of the movie standing next to ludicrous as he does all the hacking yep. and she's like yes that's good good job <laughs> what the fuck I mean, I know I created the God's Eye, but... Yeah, I created the God's Eye, but you install car radios. (laughs) That's what he was doing in the first movie. Or the second movie? Which one did he come in? I think the second movie. They're insane movies, but um, 
there aren't too many Latina actresses out there. There's J Lo, there's her, there's it's a it's a posset. There's a paucity of Oh, get this thing out of here, you piece of shit. And then, uh, let me see, wrapping up here, only a couple stories left. Let's just go through the headlines real quick. There's much more. Tease it, the volume, Taika Waititi. Uh, he got to use it all on Mandalorian. Uh, he's doing Thor, Love and Thunder. Guess where all that Love and Thunder is going to be? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's bringing the volume <laughs> to Marvel. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Look, look, look at these toys I'm playing with. You guys want to play with my toys? Hey, guys, 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 guess what I have here. Um, they're using the volume, and uh, also already since they've come up with this shit, there's already uh, bigger screens with more LED panels and larger walls. And oh, I'm so they're, they're going to be using an even bigger version. I'm sure Marvel, I'm sure the, the Marvel guys are in there with, I, gar- I guarantee you two of Taika Waititi's assistants are... Engineers for mm-hmm. Marvel going. Oh yeah, bigger. Look it up at the thing. Yeah, bigger. How how big is that? And we need a bigger. Twenty more feet. Thirty more feet. So we need how many of these? And then how many cameras are we gonna need? We need, oh, okay. we need another million okay. LEDs. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Hey, hey guys, we got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be uh, pretty cool. I mean, it's all under one roof anyway. These fucking Marvel movies are Disney. made by fucking Disney. It's all. It, which it's is, all Disney. It's all. Yeah. It's all the mouse. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Hemsworth. What should I say? The Chris Hemsworth was asked about uh, Thor. Is he done with Thor after Love and Thunder? He's been Thor for a while. It's a number of movies. Does he have any plans to hang up? Because, you know, that happens with a lot of actors. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'm, some I'm people done. just get sick of it. I'm done with this shit. Yeah. James Bond actors like, I'm done with all this stuff. Chris Hemsworth, uh, what's his quote exactly? He says, um, I don't know who asked him this. Oh, it's L. It's a so it's L Man, which is a, a Polish outlet, okay. and this is via Google Translate. So you got to imagine he responded in English. It mm-hmm. got translated into Polish, and then retranslated into English. Okay, so here we go. Asking him if he wants to retire, ever retires Thor. Are you crazy? I'm not going to any retirement period. Thor is far too young for that. It is only 1,500 years old. It's definitely not a film that I say goodbye to this brand. At least I hope so. So he's saying no. He said he wants to continue to play Thor. He wants to be Thor for as long as they'll let him. Um, Doom Patrol Season 3 renewed for HBO Max specifically. I think this is going to be the end for the DC app oh, no, yeah. as a home for shows. Yeah, uh, They got Doom Patrol and Titans are both going to new seasons on HBO Max. They have a show, Stargirl, that's going to a new season that's going to the CW, okay. which is also, it's all owned by yeah. Warner, AT&T. Uh, so yeah, if you own, uh, if you have HBO Max a subscription to that, then that means you're getting all the DC stuff as well now. No. So, Doom Patrol season three, it's coming. Well, that's what happens when you know, what? No, AT and T owns DC Comics. Yes, that's what it is. yeah, AT and T owns all that. They own Warner. They own uh, Time Turner. It's just Turner now, no. right? And um, well, actually, is it? Yeah, AT&T owns it. So what's the third one? And then DC. No, Warner, HBO. HBO is its own entity. And they own HBO. Uh, finally, here we go. Netflix, Western, Revenge, Thriller, The Harder They Fall. Listen to this cast. Leads, Idris Elba and Jonathan Majors. Okay. Okay. Round it out with Regina King. Mm-hmm. Lakeith Sanfield. Yes. Del Orlando. Yes. Sassy Beats. Yes. Yes. Uh, Cynthia Erivo had to drop out because of scheduling. Uh... We'll make the directorial debut of James Samuel, the singer-songwriter from The Bullets. Uh, Jay-Z, 
will produce original music for the movie with Samuel and will also produce the movie along with James Lasser and Lawrence Bender. Lawrence Bender's been in he's been around for a while. Produced, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Lawrence Bender. Oh, okay. Name's right there on that poster. Yeah. Um, Samuel co-wrote it with Boaz Yakin, writer of The Punisher <laughs> and director of Remember the Titans. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, predominantly black western, revenge western thriller. Story follows outlaw Nat Love, that's Jonathan Majors, who discovers that a man who killed his parents 20 years ago is being released from prison. To retaliate, he rounds up his old gang to track him down and take his revenge. Killer in question? Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. That sounds great. Yes. Uh, great cast. I love the genre. It's a Netflix movie, but it could be one of the good ones. I mean, it's still a Netflix movie. It's still a Netflix movie. But I mean, so Irishman. Uncut Gems was technically a Netflix movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> See, there's a handful of good ones. <laughs> no, 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 no. Roma. Unc- Uncut- that won a lot of stuff. Uncut Gems is an A24 movie. Damn it. Made but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's an A24 movie. They work together. <laughs> now A24 is doing a lot of Apple TV stuff. It's like, God I'm damn. not paying for I know. The, the little app popped up on my Vizio TV. I'm looking at it like, fuck you, stupid goddamn... Three free months, Chris. Piece of shit. Look for Apple TV. Oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do three free months. Um, okay, that's it. That's the end of the episode. We've gone over time. So, Drew Sikhaibern, thank you. You're welcome. And you're welcome, listeners, for all the extra content. You don't even deserve it, but you're getting it because uh, it's all a bunch of bullshit anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you, you do deserve it. <laughs> you get what you deserve. You get what you pay for, and you don't complain about it. That's how it goes. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag... Uh, Brianna Taylor. Say your name. Say your name, Drew. Brianna Taylor? All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Very, very, I mean, you asked me to. I did. And then he did. I appreciate that. Uh, remember to kill your masters. Eat the rich. Take care. Bye-bye. A PFT Media Production.